Welcome back to two to two great friends <laughs> no, save the three. universe together. Three oh, Shell's here. I forgot. She's been so yeah, quiet in pre. Yeah, Shell's still here except when she leaves the webcam range. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to be on here like this. What? You should have told me that we were doing webcam. <laughs> I told you we were doing a podcast. Wait. <laughs> She's got a low cut shirt on. How did confusion happen? <laughs> I, this is such a train wreck. <laughs> It's like 90 degrees here, so she's got a low-cut low shirt on. Alright, um, so for people watching the video as it goes on YouTube, uh, we've been trying to start the podcast for about 20 minutes, and so naturally the moment we start the podcast, something else goes wrong. Spent, That's fine. That's fine. I spent two hours fine. waiting for Gull of Doom to get his shit working earlier today, and now half an hour. I'm losing my mind. It's fine. It's uh, fine. We're here to talk about No yeah, Man's Sky, because we played No okay. Man's Sky now. One of us way yes. more than the other one. Definitely. Yes, I've, I've clocked... 30 hours into it? I've done probably. one session that was four and a half hours so far. Yeah. On launch day of you've, PC version. You've, I would say you've seen the best of No Man's Sky. That's... It already feels like that. It yeah. already... Unfortunately, it really already feels like that. Sadly, uh, the next... The next 20 hours are the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And then the next 20 hours. So I, I kind of sucks. feel like a prophet right now. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One that I people mean, were I, very I angry exactly with for saying the things that were going to be true later, but <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that I didn't call was how not dense the like wildlife was going to be and how boring it was. Oh yeah, because the trailer showed off those like really tall like brachiosaurus type critters, and you know I was hoping that there would be a ton of right? critters just wandering around. Yeah, and like honestly, I kind of expected that to some degree. You know, I'm not going to see brachiosaurus yeah. all over the place. But I've seen a grand total of two, three large critters, and they all look stupid. Yeah, as time went on, the more I saw the trailers for No Man's Sky and saw that they were cutting like three times per second, like they're doing a, some sort of badly edited action film, I started picking up on the idea that, like they're kind of misleading us here, and like this is this is a manipulation probably, and that seems to be more and more true because yeah, when I played, I go on a planet and first of all. All the organisms are mostly just like these four-legged guys that walk around, mo uh, mostly with the same posture that I've seen so far. But most yes. distractingly, they are like these Lego monsters made of like sets from other cr existing like Earth creatures. Like I encountered a creature that had like the body of like a mongoose, the tail of a wolf, the head of a yeah. boar, and the back of like a spinosaur. I mean, it felt like I was looking at other people's relatively. Uh, censored spore creations but like with a much better yeah. spore creature creator. I mean, it totally looks like somebody had a an art project for their, maybe even for an actual college course where people made like a, took a bunch of Lego sets jammed the different pieces together and they're like draw that and make it look believable <laughs> instead of being yeah. a series of interconnected pieces of plastic it's so like it all molds Nothing. together a little bit but sometimes it doesn't and sometimes you can see a seam in the body of the creature where it's like that's just two things mashed together <laughs> Yes. It's um, unfortunate. My, one of my favorite things, critter-wise, actually, was um, I ran across a giant T-Rex-looking thing. You know, actually, legitimately kind of scary-looking. Yeah? It what did it sound like? It ran away because it was docile. Like, it sounded like a smoke. <laughs> it was like, Because their AI is also away. procedurally generated, but also in a way that doesn't reflect any of their other designs. Yeah. The most deadly thing I've run into is this tiny little mouse critter that does just as much damage as any other critter does in the game. <laughs> like, more damage than a sentinel, even, I think. 
And I couldn't see them because they're in tall grass, and the entire world's covered in tall grass, and they're biting at my ankles while I'm, like, running around trying to scan animals and stuff. And it was, like, probably one of the nicer-looking planets I ever got to, and then I was just like... That definitely, that definitely stood out to me. Like, I, I watched... Uh, I saw Max Scoville playing uh, uh, No Man's Sky on for their little IGN channel thing just to see other people's experiences with the critters and stuff, and he saw, like, the tiniest, like, knee-high, like, crab-looking monster, and it was savagely violent. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I've seen such huge things and such dangerous things, and none of them cared about me. But these, but this person's being attacked by this thing that has no chance of taking down someone human-sized. And, like, and then there's the issue where, like, people... The first several creatures I encountered on my, on my home planet all looked almost identical, but were apparently different creatures because you could scan them again. So, like, it's just... It, it it's 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 too random it's it's I, ra it's I random admit, in a way that doesn't work I, it feels like i wish they had they had all set like kind of a predisposition predisposition so players would start on the more interesting planets because mine was red and barren i thought that they did do resources. that because i started on like a forest planet with animals <laughs> nope i had these kind of weird spoon trees and like scrub brush and it was all mountainous, and there was, like, a ton of places to go to, which was really cool, and I was down with that. Like, I, I picked up a lot of, re like, not resources, but, like, recipes really fast, which actually kind of ruined things. Um, because then I couldn't learn anymore for the rest of the game. Um, oh. Which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. So Learn anymore for the rest? What does that mean? There's about 70, um, there's about, I want to say, 70 uh, upgrades that you can get along the way uh you know the like shield upgrades the sprint modifiers the whatever's can you, can you start picking them up all early or something yeah i got i spent i want to say like five ten hours on um five ten hours on the the starting planet oh wow and yeah i mean i spent a lot of time there because i wanted to explore i wanted to see what it had to offer and there Did was a lot off? of stuff like things kept popping up i mean define payoff <laughs> Did it feel like it was worth sticking around for that long? I had a lot of fun for the first 10 to 15 hours, and mm -hmm. then, you know, the mo past that point, the game kind of became irredeemable, because, like, once you've been into one of those, like, bases, you've been into all of them. They don't change layouts. Like, you can actually typecast them from above. You can be like... Oh, it's going to be this. It's going to have a person here. It's going to have this, this, this. Oh yeah, and every oh, alien outpost or alien space station is just the same ones copy pasted across the it, galaxy. Exactly. Um, and uh, the the events start looping, and the you know those like number puzzles, the like really easy number number puzzles. I've never encountered a puzzle yet. You haven't run into an. Oh, you might not know about them. When you go into an alien facility, there will be like a round console that you can interact with, and it will give you a number puzzle, which will either give you a location. A recipe, or usually a recipe, or I guess a blueprint for an upgrade or yeah, something. Yeah, so for me so far, it's just been stores. And that's yeah. about it. I actually didn't find a, a single store up until the very end, so I was running around poor as shit with, like, nothing. It was kind of mm -hmm. frustrating. Um, but, so... It is... We, let's talk about that for just a second, like, the fact that like, this is supposed to be a massive, procedurally generated world and uh, universe where everything's changing in every direction, everywhere you go, this stuff's different here and there in different patches and stuff. But it's the same. It has everywhere. a uniform Constantly. currency system. It has uniform like store design, uniform living quarters design, uniform uh, 
enemy robot police force design and uniform space station design. Yeah, if anything was, uh, if there was anything that should have been, um, uh, like, randomly generated, I wish the Sentinels had been put under the same treatment as the Critters. Just yeah. Just because I'm so sick of running into little scout drones showing up. I want, like, have you seen one of those big the walker things show up yet? I got up to, like, level three or four of danger at one point because I mined in a cave and didn't know how the police force even worked yet, but I ran away from it immediately. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, okay. the standard thing that happens is you just encounter a floating eyeball drone over and over again well, do you forever. know about the, uh, do you know about the, the walkers? Um, they're these, not really? They're these, they're these massive walker crafts that show up, and Shell's actually here for this. Shell, come on. I... Can you... You remember it, right? It was like the first thing we saw last night. Which one? The walker thing. The oh. bipedal thing that oh, was Sentinel? like... Sort yeah. of gonna murder me. But <laughs> then I shot it a bunch. Oh, by the way, a fun fact. There's a homing mod for your gun. Which you think is really cool. It can't hit the big guys. Oh. Yeah. Uh, my all So of the my bigger your target bullsh- is, the less it can home. <laughs> yes. Uh, so my shots specifically went through its legs. They would curve <laughs> insanely and out through its legs and wouldn't hit it at all. So I actually, in the middle of combat, had to get rid of the rarest combat upgrade for a gun in the game. Or at least one of them. Uh, I haven't found anything else that's higher tier than this except for the shotgun when the shotgun's utter trash. Um, and I, I was just kind of super disappointed because it was supposed to be this, like, big, fancy, ultra, like, scary thing. And I was just sitting there being like, that was it? And then, <laughs> you know, I killed it, and it dropped an upgrade that I had already gotten, like, 20 hours before. Mm-hmm. I'm skimming through my footage, and I kind of got a glimpse of what I encountered. I encountered something that looked, it looks vaguely like the size of, like, a like a jaguar or something. Robot. Yeah. Oh, the, ro- the robot? I think jaguar, it, might have a head, yeah, it might have a head laser. That's the mid-tier one. Shows up at two or three stars, something like that. Yeah. At, more or less, uh, it's the second wave. Uh, that one's kind of annoying just because it stuns you, but, like... It should be like a me. Honestly, none of them are particularly dangerous, even the big one I just killed. But then again, I have three shield upgrades, so maybe that actually helped me survive more. Uh, the problem is combat. I The only time I fight drones is either if I need to uh, fill a quota to kill more drones, because there's a quota that you need to hit, sort of. Um, we can talk about that in a bit. It does feel but, like uh, this an enemy that's basically a carbon copy of the Sentinel from Halo is basically the most yes. boring thing to have be your basic enemy of your game. Yes. It's like that's that's not that's not really engaging to deal with ever. And that's unfortunately the majority of your hostile confrontations. Because mm-hmm. am I right in saying that they just get mad for you mining at all? Yes. Or just doing anything? Uh, sort of. They will watch you mine a little bit, but if they watch you mine more than like one or two resources, they get pissed at you. And then you have to, um... You would think that if they want to be an effective police force, they would try to communicate to people what they're doing wrong before they try to kill them. And maybe What's people will stop doing the thing. Because they don't talk had, to you or even chime you or I, anything. <laughs> I, had a, uh, I had a ship. It was probably like a trade ship or it could have been anything. Show up near me while I was mining an asteroid. And I guess my laser might have skimmed it. I don't know. I never saw it. Oh. I just saw its little green thing show up. Wait, are you rebuilding? What yeah, I have to. Um, but um, but so I don't know if my laser skimmed it or what happened. But effectively, I see like a little carrot go by saying, you know, a neutral craft has gone by, and then the cops show up because apparently 
uh, this person ratted me out to them. At which oh. point, there's six of them chasing me, and then they killed me in cold blood. And I spent like a minute or two running away from them. Um, because how, how did they realistically even track you down? <laughs> they just showed up. They knew exactly where I was, walked <laughs> to exactly where I was, and murdered me exactly magic. where I was. It all was. You, all you need is magic. It's really the secret to the universe. It was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I really, I really liked the first, you know, ten hours of the game. There was something magical about finding new planets, runes, and stuff. And the animals. And the animals, but like it does really feel like kind of an advanced, a uh, super advanced version of Spore. With the there's not enough here to satisfy what they were going for. You can yeah. also do much with the animals, can you? No, you can feed them, and they will give you rare resources. Which, like, if you have the patience. Sitting there and having the animals uh, get you stuff is actually a really good way to get... It kind of like, taps into the crazy arc people that are willing to just watch a dinosaur have a progress uh, bar for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, I can see kind of the appeal of that. You know, like, here's, here's like, a, a clever way that you can har harness the, um, the animals. But, like, what I want is not that. Like, I can already get... Okay, no, I can't already get... There are a lot of resources that make no sense for being super rare. Nickel, which, I mean, is pretty stupid rare here. Almost impossible to find. You can only really find it in cool. asteroids, and it takes, like, a long time to find it. If you find an until animal you, that... Until you find a giant knob of it. Yeah. Well, I'd, it'd I'd be nice if you could find it. Sorry. Team Sorry. speak lag. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I was just saying, well, like, with the whole, like, interacting with the animals thing, it'd be cool if you found a, an animal large enough that you could potentially ride it. Oh yeah, the and game then, the game desperately needs ground mounts. And then like what you would what you could do is you could go to worlds, figure out special ways to tame them, whether it be a combination of feeding or um yeah, but luring, they didn't, capturing. They didn't do it. They added a, a million different features. I mean, according they, to reviews what? I saw, I haven't seen anything big enough to actually try to, to ride it myself. Uh, people have said that, like, oh, look, giant giant dinosaur, and they, they fly up to try to jump on the dinosaur, and then they just fall through it. Because yeah. <laughs> most everything around you doesn't have, like, collision. So it feels like you're surrounded by fake animal procedurally generated holograms, basically. Except which... the hostile ones will, like, bite you and send you flying backwards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've actually yeah, never they're... encountered a hostile one yet, though. What? So far. Hmm. Just There's maybe the yet. predatory ones. I don't know. Like, I still like the game. I just hope they actually don't just stop development. Like, I hate saying, like, early access is a good thing, but this is one of those where if it's not early access, then it's truly, truly a bad game. And if it is early access, then I can kind of forgive a lot. Like, they're working on player buildings, which personally I kind of hope they, they put the kibosh on that for, like, you know, 10 months and, you know, work on fleshing it out. Like, one of my biggest disappointments with the game is, like, I want to fly around on planets with, like, massive spires and, like, rocky outcroppings. Like, I don't even I don't even want to do anything more than just, like, have to navigate it. A and, lot of the like, planets are looking very samey. Yeah. And so, instead, I get a bunch of samey, kind of bumpy worlds. Like, there's a little bit of mountain, but, like, That's one much. of the issues that came up where, like, they 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 push the scale so hard, like that's all that matters is how much stuff you have. But complexity and like interesting stuff going on is what makes this type of stuff interesting. Like when you explore in any video game, 
nine well first of all nine times out of ten you're talking about games that are not procedurally generated so they're like crafted well, right. environments so with secrets crafted. and stuff like that but even when you're not talking about secret stuff you're like at the very least it's like a place made by a person for you to explore like when it's just a procedure generated flat stuff like it's just hills and caves at random but it's like the, almost like the same caves and the same hills repeating infinitely like Oh yeah. There's nothing appealing about go going into, around. I don't even go into caves anymore. I find them to be kind of meaningless. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, there's nothing interesting in caves. Like, you might be able to get a little bit of aluminum there. Or, like, extra plutonium or something. But it's it's never anything, like, interesting. Like, if I go into a cave, I want to run across to get, like, a giant spider nest that wants to murder my face. Or... You know, an incredibly, like, have you run across, uh, I don't even remember what it's called. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like Emerald. It was like that, that resource that I, I was mining yesterday and you were kind of like mining is super boring, but I don't remember what it's called. It's like <laughs> Alaranite or something. I don't know, whatever. It's meaningless, but it's like one of the most valuable resources in the game just in terms of like cash value. And, um. And what did I find boring about it? <laughs> Everything. Um, well, yeah. But, I mean... So, um... So... Uh, like, finding that stuff in caves would be really cool. Actually, that's that's one thing. I'm, I'm gonna tangent this just because mining is boring. Um, <laughs> you haven't gotten to the point where you've hit a money limit, have you? Like, how much money do you have? I, I don't know anything about money limits. I don't remember how much money I have either, but so there, there's no I have money never limits, afforded but a ship. You know, in like a lot of games, uh, beginning of the game, you're poor as shit and you don't have a whole lot of money. End game, you're rich as hell and can afford most everything except for like a couple of really rare things, right? Yeah. No Man's Sky doesn't have that. All players, more or less, same amount of money. If you spend $2 million... Uh, two million units. It's gonna cost you the same amount of time and effort farming that two million uh, units, beginning of the game or end of the game. Because um, you don't you don't get but, any faster at getting money. The best you can yeah, do is you, learn the pathways to getting some money faster than others. Like I've heard of. about, like the stars that help indicate what high priority sales items are yeah, and stuff like, like that. But well, yeah, yeah, you learn that. But like I learned that almost immediately, and honestly. Uh, yeah. you don't... Okay. So, I'm gonna tell you a story about how I made 4 million units in an hour. I found a, <laughs> one of those places that buys dynamic resonators for 50,000 apiece. And I found out every single ship that went in sold 4 of them for 30,000 each. So I sat there for an hour buying stuff off of the ships and selling them to the space station over and over and over again so I could go from a 17-slot ship to a 27-slot ship. I bring that ship to the nearby planet, land it, and get a crash ship with 28 slots almost immediately. Um, <laughs> which was maddening. But, um, uh, like, I spent all this time, and then now it's like 40 slot ships, but they're 40 million. There's no way any player will ever far farm that much money without either being, like, totally mental or, like, a monk. From also, what I've heard so far, the best way to increase your slots is basically just to keep finding beacons so that you can keep finding crashed ships, which are almost always sort of. your level or um, one or two slots higher, and then you can just grind your way straight to 40 by doing that over and over yeah, again. Yeah, 
that's more time consuming than what I did. Like, what you want to do is you want to do my, like, dumb day trading thing up to, up until about 30 slots. And then you stop, then you start doing the crash ship thing because the, it only, it took, it took me one hour to afford a 30 slot ship. Whereas you would have to find, uh, starting from your basic ship, you'd have to find 14, uh, crash ships along the way. Cause they're almost always a single slot upgrade. Yep. And all crash ships are totally broken. So, so even the gear... process of increasing your inventory slots, which is the primary annoyance in the game is having limited inventory slots. The big, even the process of upgrading that is as about as repetitive as it can possibly be. Honestly, I'd say that's the worst. Like, it's actually more efficient to increase your player inventory slots, which I believe goes up to 50. Could be higher. It's a lot faster to max that out first, and then move on to your ship. Faster, but those slots also suck more, because they don't carry as much. Yeah, you're right. They only carry half as much, which is rough. Um, By the way, did did you read the launch day patch notes for this game, where they were saying... No. It said stuff like in in the uh I think the launch day patch notes seriously said that they increased the inventory size of players by two times and ships by two point five times, which makes me wonder what the hell were the inventory sizes when this game was being made the whole time. I, I mean, I honestly feel like they used Diablo as the uh inventory model for the game. Could you imagine having half as much inventory space when we're already feel incredibly confined now? I I can, and <laughs> it makes me want to uh, strangle a Murray. I just don't understand how that, that goes to, like through. Uh, how does it get through playtesting? I I feel like it was playtested internally and only internally. Oh no, that's that's when nightmares yeah. happen. That's what that's when and people that... get too good at their own game and the game no. becomes impossible in some cases. I was a little far-reaching, and you guys are still talking about the game mechanics, but what will the purpose be of all this toil and struggle? I mean, ultimately, the game's about just wandering around and looking it, stuff, which for some, I'm totally yeah. cool with, but there's not enough, like, to look around at. Like, well, I also feel like the quests that the very few aliens do give you... Oh, those are... Those are, are there are things that you can accomplish instantaneously only if you have the resources on hand. Yeah, there, there's no interesting goals. There's no fetch quests. There's no... Please scan this and such. Like, you know how you can get um, some kind of reward for scanning everything on a planet? Okay, there is one character that actually does give you quests to scan specific stuff. Yeah. But he's a rare spawn. And you actually have to hit those milestones. So Mm -hmm. in essence, the entire game's like a a road trip with with gas station stops. Yes. And that's more or less the experience. But but space... yeah, but instead of having like, um, but you spend more time trying to to scrounge up enough cash to fuel your car than yeah. you do actually like finding new places to drive but to. Do you know what's also disappointing about ruins? It's just a click and you get this information kind oh, yeah. of deal. Or you also, have the ruins a... are completely out of whack with the environment they're in, and yeah. you just kind of get copy pasted between places. Just... All of the ruins are the same. Yeah, like. You can run into a Gek rune that looks exactly like a Corvac. I, mean, I found uh, my first living quarter that looked like it got, it got attacked by like the flood, basically. Like there's all goopy oh, yeah. inside and gross. Oh yeah, completely I there was be a whole divorced subplot. from all surrounding area. Like there's nothing yes. that it, did, it reflected nothing around it. It was just this random. It, it was yeah. like a lo- it's like a level editor where you can place random assets that don't fit, like in your world in your Warcraft three custom map. Like that's what half this game feels like. Unfortunately, is just random assets thrown together and more and more random ways and it's 
Why? Yeah, it's I just mean, there's so much it why. Been, it would have been cooler if there was a subplot about that kind of infectious. Oh yeah, goopy like stuff. I would have been, I would have been hella happy if I if you know that had happened, and then um, you know, uh, I I find the goopity stuff and it's it's all over a station. And suddenly, like, night happens, and the entire planet's covered in this shit, and they're trying to kill me, and... Hey, you're just describing the plot of, um... Oh, what was it? Pitch Black? Shell. We've... Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, no movies. We're not talking Sorry. movies today. No, all we movies. Pitch hours. Black. Pitch Black is so much more interesting. This game should I, have I, Pitch I, Black in it. This I, game should have planets where the sun goes down and monsters come out. But it doesn't. I, I, I want to have a planet that I get there, and the Sentinels are insane, and they, they're going from anywhere from the tiny little doohickey drones to at-ats that are walking around and just well, mowing shit the down. The other thing, too, is they don't have characters. I mean, I know that this is procedurally generated, but could they have there, an overarching, like... There, there are two characters. Okay. Aside from the Atlas and your character. Yeah, there's the Priest Korak. Wait, there is a Priest Korak? Or, or Nida, or Nada? Priest Nada? I don't know. Anyway, there's a priest that you run into, and he says cryptic things. But does he... Do you encounter him again and again? Yeah, all the time. Okay, I mean, you can well, basically that's... project the story over anything. Just look at Titanfall. Titanfall right, is a game so where you just I'm play wondering... online multiplayer matches, but it pretends you're doing a story over the while you're doing it, but you're basically just playing right, Call of Duty right. with randoms. <laughs> So, if things are procedurally generated, I mean, I've noticed that there isn't there some lore tidbits that do seem to come sequentially, like specifically the Atlas related yeah, stuff. Yeah, all of the Atlas ones are. So oh. they should have done that with the Goopity Goop. The Goopity. They should have done that. <laughs> they should have done that for like each race, like every time you enter a system with a new, well, with the race that you're currently working with, they yeah. should have like ancient temple that show tells you more lore about them because i've learned a little bit about what was it the corvax and their like convergence and how they're essentially ai like that one ai didn't have enough energy and was booted out of its body essentially dead and then a new version of itself a new entity was uploaded into it instantaneously and it's like i don't remember you it's like, oh so that was interesting. Like, there's interesting stuff, but it's told only in text. And because that was the only the way they knew how to, to mix it in, because of how much of a big nightmare it is to have a a big nonlinear generated world around you, and they're like, uh, "We'll make audio logs, basically, and put those yeah, in there." You know what? There are certain games where that's okay. I was playing a game called. Uh, Rhymed Ratio or something like that. I mean, um, Metroid which was, like, has logs everywhere. Yeah, like, I would actually be totally interested if they actually, like, I would sit down and play a game where I find an audio log and it's Sean Murray or anybody else from the company reading lore and stories from this universe they've made up. And, you know, actually keep it interesting. Like, it'd be really cool. Like, okay, you've been you've been to, like, a, an aquarium or whatever where they've got the, um, where where they've got the, like, headphone app whatever that you can like listen to so it's like this mm -hmm. is a capybara that this is what they you eat this is what they do i want to do that with like the planet like i get do to the planet form capybara? <laughs> <laughs> i mean they like to swim but they're not that aquatic but like you know i i would love they're to get adorable. to a planet and just have somebody from hello games 
talking and like giving the lore for the story. Like this is the race. This is why it you matters. You really need to be able to make so, pets amounts. Wouldn't it be cool if you could have like if you can tame a carnivorous pet, you essentially have an attack dog that like if you order it to, it can fight other uh, animals, and you can have your large herbivore mount. They need to do more with the animals. And the thing is, people could collect them because they're endless. Yeah. So. And then they could have a cool thing where if you randomly run into another person, you can trade them. The interesting part them. about all of this, though, I'd like to make I wanna, mention. I want to show up on Wander's Planet and eat okay. him with a dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> sure. There's my pet dinosaur. I have a custom-built ship that ships him around intergalactically. <laughs> you know that would be so fun. I Doesn't that sound really like a fun I thing? Ship. I yeah I would I would like I would like you know what would actually be cool as shit you kidnap like you Noah's Ark it you steal a bunch of dinosaurs from one planet bring it to another and watch yeah. what happens and try and like have them take over the environment I need an anonymous by the way no, I found I found the patch by the way and it's even yeah. worse than I thought so okay in the patch they, at launch day they made it so that individual slots in your suit store two ti two point five times as much uh, stuff per slot. They so increased they the ship inventory size by five times. Can you I imagine one fifth at one point? I ran a, I ran across a ten ten slot ship at one point. Ten slots. It barely had enough for its lasers, cannon, oh, landing no. gear, warp drive, shields, and um those also, like also, interplanetary thrusters. You don't does, have four slots on a ship. Don't slots on your ship currently store twice as much stuff as your inventory? Yes. So that means yes, that before do. this patch, that your inventory and your ship and your character both have the same size slots. Because they increased the ship by 5 and your inventory by 2.5. And this, this, is how many, this is how big they stack per slot. So you would have only... There's no <laughs> way you would have ever been able to get an upgrade. Like, right now, I'm trying to afford... A I'm, I'm trying to afford the warp... Um, the... What is it? The warp, warp engine tower, whatever. Um... That requires 1,400 resources. Rare resources. You'd have to be flying around for hours with effectively up to 16 stacks. Because you have to have two dynamic resonators too. You'd have to have 16 stacks across your inventory just to get this thing. And that's not a fast... Or to, God yeah, The only thing damn. more baffling about how much some parts of this game are a chore is how much they were exponentially more of a chore the day before launch. <laughs> <laughs> How do they have fun making this game? <laughs> now, oh, I feel like I'm so fucking perfectly legitimized here because we had, we had that podcast where it was the most disliked upload I've ever put on my channel ever, and disliked. in that video I talked about how I, my whole point was I was trying to get across is the idea that a lot of people are going to be are hyped for this game for the wrong reasons and they think it's something that's not going to be, and look how right I was. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like how incredibly right I was for so many people because people are flipping out about this game right now. Now, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I would like to see an ambitious game where there are multiple planets well, that are fully explorable, but you don't need and like thousands and thousands of them that have yeah. no meaning. I actually would have been pretty okay if Starbound had. Um, well, not God. That's actually something I want to talk about. If No Man's Sky had been. A thousand planets that they had carefully fine-tuned. Even a hundred. A thousand planets. A hundred yeah. planets well-designed? Because they talk I mean, about every planet in this game planets, taking you know how... 50 hours to explore, if you actually explore it. 
to but maybe so maybe if you made a hundred plants that were worth exploring instead of eighteen quadrillion oh, now, <laughs> that are boring, then everyone would have a better this. time. How how much time does it take for a character to go about the circumference of one of their worlds? Long time, especially on foot. Oh god, I don't well, even want to think about that. All well, I know is that they brag it takes fifty foot. hours to explore a planet. So but longer... why? It's all the same. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the that's the problem. <laughs> they like, say it's so like it'll remember... take this long to walk around this whole place and be thorough and like look around was... at everything, but it's so it boring. Fi- if it was fifty hours, really? Yep. It should have been ten planets then that were awesome and like people could yeah. trade and do fun things. And then they could actually focus more on uh making a cool pet system or mount system or so... resource. I, I, I slipped what I wanted to talk Dungeons, about earlier. I've been ruins. playing Starbound lately, and Shell, mm-hmm. Shell's been watching me play it. Yeah. Starbound feels like everything No Man's Sky wanted it to be on a two ba- uh, uh, a 2D plane. And that it, that bothers me. Because remember, I mean... <laughs> do you remember, animals. Do you remember Starbound's, animals. like, the amount of shit people gave Starbound when it came out? I mean, like I gave it a lot of shit when of... it came out because I, I found it very boring. But I don't. I've never yeah. tested it since then, so I don't know what it's like now. I just finished it. Game is really good. Like everything I hate about Terraria, uh, Starbound does well. The only thing about Starbound, it's actually kind of short. Like um, we beat it in three sittings. Oh, um, yeah. So my my story so with like Starbound the- back when it first came out in early access was actually really similar to what people are experiencing right now with No Man's Sky, which is that exactly. people quickly realized all the plants were pointless. So what they would do is they would just go to as many plants as they could quickly as possible, and they'd run a complete circle around the surface, grab all the special chests and collectibles and stuff they could loot really quickly, and it was most efficient to just change planets immediately rather than stick with the current one. So they would just go planet hopping forever to build up their characters mm-hmm. in a game that had no yeah. campaign or, or linear, like any sort of thing to go for. You were just doing that forever. And that's kind of yeah, what so No Man's Sky feels like now, is you land they, on a planet and ping the area for some waypoints and see what there is and then leave. Okay, I'm going to be honest, that ping system, awful. Truly atrocious. I, like some, the, I feel like it's lying to me. It, it is. Um, it also, like... It should, it should pull up a whole list of things nearby. And you should have a map that you can pick and choose. Yeah. Instead of one... Maybe Think about two the, things. The map thing was so intuitive and obvious to me that I was refusing to believe for hours that it didn't exist. I was like, yeah. "Where's the hockey for the map?" Surely, I, like I was, I was getting ready to, look, to like exit the game and look up online where to find the map because there had to be like a procedurally generated map of like just a to- all I need was not even like terrain, just a top-down view of here's your arrow that's you and here's stuff that you've pinged so far so you can navigate the pings. But instead. You ping every now and then, then everything vis- disappears because apparently your computer has no memory and can't store data for some reason. Yep. So all of the so every you have to keep pinging over and over again, but then it seems super inconsistent what does and doesn't show up because when I first played on the first planet, when I would ping, it's like whoa, stuff's everywhere. But I would land on other places and ping, and nothing would come up at all. Oh, but yeah. then I'd walk around uh, slightly I'd... and I'd see stuff immediately that's there that didn't come up with the ping, and I'm like, what is what what purpose does this thing serve? When we started, I'd mentioned, like, make the starting planet super interesting. That is one thing I've noticed. Starting planets almost always have, like, ten times more density than, um, than, like, future planets. Like, yeah. you are, you are presented with a ton of things immediately. Whereas, like, um, not, not so much with, um, 
not not so much with like future planets i don't know but like i was playing starbound and i was just wandering around uh with with gull of doom and it was it was really fun uh and it was like actually kind of a charming game um there's like villages and stuff and facilities and like for the most part of the villages start to look the same but whatever uh but like at one point i i stumbled i accidentally fell into like a lab filled with mutated monkeys and stuff yeah. and i only ran into one of these and I'm sure if I ran into another one... Mutated it, monkeys? Yeah, yeah, there's a race called Apex. Oh, right, right. And they had been doing experiments and they fucked up and they mutated themselves or something. I don't know. Um, Wait, so they made they made themselves de-evolve? Uh, sort of, yeah. They were like Neanderthal ultra hard-hitting monkey things that I did not want to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it was actually pretty cool because, you know, I explored it. And like, honestly, I still think Starbound needs a hell of a lot more depth, too. Because uh, it doesn't. Uh, it it definitely needs. It definitely needs to be expanded. I'd say twice more, and then it will be like perfect. Um, but yeah, there's such a variety available that I can play the game for hours and still run into new things. Like I played a ton while I was waiting for Gull of Doom to come back, and then he comes back, and we keep going. And we find new stuff that I like. I didn't even know it exist had existed and i've sunk like 50 hours in the game um and it was weird that game also has like some of the best farming uh <laughs> in a but sandbox game i've ever seen weren't you just picking up cocoons or something from moths every single day or silk what was I, it i or mean were they yeah i was getting that that but there was other stuff too so i, I i'm reading these patch notes right now still and Apparently in day one, they added bars, trade rooms, and hydroponic labs to space stations on, on launch day. And they added ship scanning. Do? The ability to scan from a ship wasn't in there until the, the day one patch. And also, on the day one patch, they rewrote the entire Atlas path with all of its dialogue using somebody that used to write it for Deus Ex. And that wasn't in the day before. So the game went gold without all these things in the game. They re- they rewrote auto aim. They they added animal feeding. <laughs> they like this game was this game doesn't feel like like it feels like they were just told they had a release date and they have to they have to publish it on that day basically. When you see how nightmarish the day one patches of how much stuff they were just straight up changing at the last second for No Man's Sky, and when I look at this whole game, I feel like the problem here was that like. I th- I think that what happened here is that they, they the the concept got out too early, right? Like people saw what oh, No Man's Sky was two and a half years ago, and as a result, they had to make that game now. Especially once there's a publisher involved, like that's the game you're making now. And I'm sure that while they're making it, they came up with hundreds of reasons why it was probably not a great idea to make that game because of all these things that don't quite work and that they can't quite manage with their 15 man team that has a history of making games where you drive to the right on a motorcycle. And, like, <laughs> but they had to make it, and so they made it, and we have it now, but, man. I hope people learn to be a little, just question a little bit when they're being really hyped when a yeah. Oh, yeah. project's coming out from a company that has no history of making that kind of project. I I mean, realistically, I think they've done a good job. They've got a really good base. It's just, this game needed two more years. One of the one of the big things that kind of breaks a lot of the stuff just on a moment-to-moment basis, because, like, some of the people say sometimes that this game can work better for you if you can, like, suspend your disbelief and just kind of let yourself fall into the world a bit. But 
the problem for me in No Man's Sky is that the game has such consistent pop-in issues that everything feels like it's only even, existing 100 feet in every direction. Even on even on PC? Yeah, it is, and there's no distance sliders for PC or anything. Like, it just, that's, that's just what rough. it is forever. Like, and the I, worst got... place for that is space. Because yeah, asteroids I, mm, only oh, exist yeah. near you and not far away, which means space feels like it's completely fake and doesn't have yeah. any distance or depth to it. I, I was mining for asteroids, and I would, like, boost for, like, 10 seconds and then stop to look around to see if there was anything interesting, and then I'd go back to it. Oh, yeah. And, uh... It was, like, Space it was No Man's Sky feels exactly like playing this really, really bare-bones game called Artemis that you might have seen me play at one yep. point back in Sad Games, yeah, where I mean, I, it's I literally Artemis. open... It's open nothingness encased in, in, like, a skybox, basically, is what space looks like in that game. And that's kind of mm -hmm. what this feels like, because it's just, you're floating in around a nothing, which is the easiest thing to make, is nothing. And you drift around, and these randomly generated asteroids are everywhere, which I'm pretty sure are just constantly replenishing around you the same way that, like, grass would grow in a game. Like, it's just, it's like, yes. he's in space, we'll surround him with asteroids all the time, in every direction. And, it ha and it's literally all of space, too, because the game can't strand you. So when you travel between systems, <laughs> because you ha they have to make it continuous instead of having fast travel in this game... That means they have to allow you to possibly run out, of, run out of fuel midway through a travel, which means that being in the middle of traveling, you can have a, you, you're always in an asteroid belt no matter where you go in this game because you have to be able to refuel to keep playing, which leads to everything being totally baffling. It's yeah. like a lot of space junk, apparently. So, yeah, I, we were playing uh, Space Engineers the other night. They should have and comets. Then, and then I played. What was that? They should have comets. Yeah, they should. But I was playing Space Engineers, and they I was spending, like, nitrogen minutes and minutes and minutes flying from asteroid to asteroid, and it felt really barren and stuff. And I will admit, you're totally right that it's, like, this kind of weird, badly procedurally generated system. But Space Engineers is the complete opposite, and it's kind of garbage. There's nothing fun about flying from, like, an asteroid patch to whatever. And, I mean, even, like, getting from planet to planet, I find is kind of boring. Though they do get the sense of speed down fairly well. Even but then, though, like, it bothers me that you're moving super speed through asteroids, and they use the asteroids to make it feel like you're moving fast, but the whole time I'm like, how am I not hitting stuff if, like, space yeah. is 99% rock and not space? Do you know what would have been, <laughs> you know been cool, too? Like, a faction system with this game when it comes to the well, aliens. Well, they have reputation. They do have reputation, but um, they really could have done something where... Either the races have their own methods of beating, let's say, the goop, for instance. Like, and also, are the Sentinels evil, or does everyone rely on them to police things? Yes. <laughs> they're, they're both. So, people, like, the aliens will actively, like, <laughs> fight the Sentinels, but if you accidentally bump into their ship when you're flying around, they will call the Sentinels on you to come and fuck you up. So it's only for a, you know, if I can profit from harming the Sentinels, then I'll do so. But if someone else is doing something I don't like, I'll call the Sentinels. Yes. Yeah. That's weird. They really should have had two villainous forces. And I think that that goopy stuff would have been a cool one. Imagine if you ran into goop monsters. It'd be great if there was space. two conflicting forces and you could get one of them to like you more and kind of pick a side. Yeah. yeah and watch, like, the goop thing be some weird hive-mindy well, worm thing. The weird part like, is, like, like I've Alpha run Centauri. into space cool. battles before. Have you run into that yet, Keith, or no? No. 
The only okay, spaceships so I've seen while actually flying is that the first time you ever travel, there's very clearly a super scripted sequence where two spaceships also warp in right in front of you at a slanted angle. So that happens all the time, but sometimes they start shooting at each other for unclear reasons. <laughs> um, and for the life of me, I have no idea who they are at all. Like, are they well, are they are they the Cor Corvax or Corvex? Are they the they're uh, shippy fights? They the ship Gek? and fight. <laughs> but, they need to have more distinctive ships. But like, I can't tell what race they are. Because these are the only things that are, like, specifically designed. Like, there's only a certain number of, like, large ships in the game. And there's no, like, you know, there's no identifying information on, like, who the heck these these people are, why they're fighting. Like, one part of the trailer was ship-to-ship -ship combat, and it was, like, showing off, like... Right, and it would make sense if there was a faction system where if you enter a system uh, that's under the control of the enemy, if they attack you, you can either help your allies like if there's a sh space battle and then get extra uh like reputation or resources for helping them win the fight or uh yeah i mean and if, they could if do it just felt things. like stuff you were doing was doing things as opposed to what yeah, is currently like, the game which where everything you do is either getting resources to upgrade your inventory slots or slightly change a characteristic of a thing somewhere or travel, and that's kind of your two things to do in the game, and with with uh, not a not a very compelling destination and not very interesting stuff to gather. That's just kind of the whole body at some point. Mm -hmm. Can I explain? I mean, having, can, I, huh? can I describe what like what my first encounter was with alien life in this game? Because the game did an especially bad job at totally botching it in my specific case, due to its random wow. generation. So. I, I'm, on my, I'm on my lush forest planet, finally get my ship repaired, and I travel off that planet. I was a little too hasty to leave the planet, because I didn't realize that all the other planets were going to turn out to be super boring, and that I was lucky in yeah. the first one and should have stayed there forever. But, uh, first planet I travel to, sad, rocky, the nightmare moon, full of nightmare boringness and stuff, but hey, I found a <laughs> little outpost for the first time. Let's head over there. The map says there's an outpost nearby. So I try to go towards the outpost... And I come up on it, and it's up in the air, which seems odd. And I notice there's no struts supporting it. It's literally just floating like a badly placed asset in a video game, because that's what it is. Oh, I've, I've run into runes oh. like that, and it's like... Yeah, because apparently one corner of it was touching a hill slightly, so that means the entire thing had to be floating on top of the hill, just out in lifted. space. Like a bad, yeah. It It looks like somebody's scrap mechanic nightmare, basically. And then you, mm -hmm. you go under it, because it's the only way to travel is to walk under it first to try to get to the front of it. And I noticed the whole bottom of it doesn't have a bottom. So I can see up through the model of the entire uh, building in every part of it. Because none of it has bottoms. And immediately I'm thinking, like, all you guys had to do was put struts under these things so they would look like they were at least supported by something if they do generate like this. And also... Give them bottoms so that people see them from underneath. It's not like literally seeing through an empty character model with no textures on it, because that's what my first yes. experience was ever with a building in this game. But then yeah, I finally I... I find the corner of that hill so I can jump on top of the building finally. First thing I notice, there's a space state there's a landing pads with these ships coming down, and the ships land. And I'm like, oh, there's a guy in the ship. Interesting. I can talk to him. You can buy his try to buy a ship, which within a really confusing, unexplained interface that you have to deal with later. But uh 
then they just leave. <laughs> like, they, they land. Yeah. They came all the way here to land. And then they just leave. Like, they don't get out or go to the store. Like, they have no goals. They're just, they're like, it's the most shallow simulation of people that, like, they never at all feel like aliens are coming around because it's just a ship that comes by and lands and then leaves without doing anything or fueling up or no one, like, loads cargo into the back of it. Like, nothing about it feels like that, that was a, a thing that oh, arrived. Yeah, that was a person. They're purely just there for you to buy something from. Yeah. And yeah, then when you go, you go inside the building and every single time... Directly in front of you, there's one NPC in a seated position just sitting there with a data pad or something. And there's one computer monitor that lets you uh, buy stuff. And it's always in the same spot. And the guy, once you talk to him, like, once, he then requires Carbon to talk to him again. And it just... It just repeats forever so and ever. Did you, did you, did you use that to learn uh, the entirety of the language? Uh, no. Because you can do that. I don't know how, but also I don't have a reason to care yet at the oh, same yeah. time, so which is also a problem. It's a, it's this dumb loop. You have to be at a high reputation with a faction. And all you do is you say, hey, can I learn a word? Yeah, sure. Here you go. Hey, can I learn a... Uh, can, can I learn a... Uh, not learn. Can I have some fuel? Yeah, sure. Here you go. They hand you carbon. Well, like 80. So you talk to him again. Hey, can I learn a word? Sure, here you go. Fuel, word, fuel, word, fuel, forever. Did you learn the whole language of who? Anybody. Works with all factions. But there's you, only so, three. So have you? No. It's tedious <laughs> as hell. And there's like hundreds of words. Like I've yeah. learned like 200 words at this point, and I, they don't make sense. One thing I wonder is, like, are the words that they have consistent between one character and another? Yes. Not races, probably. but yes. They probably just had replacement mm -hmm. words that they made up for every word that they were, the characters were going to say, and then they just have them switched one by one. Yeah. So you had mentioned um, like you had mentioned you hadn't run into a number puzzle yet? No. Uh, do you want me to sort of spoil them for you? Um, They're not puzzles. I don't... I mean, I don't... It's just part of the game. <laughs> okay. It's fine, um, I'm sure. Okay. Probably, so, I probably haven't seen him because I probably I I was trying not to break the law at first. <laughs> so like I've never mm -hmm. made so, a bypass. So no number puzzles are um, the number puzzles are you're given a set of three three like sets of numbers and you know it's like more or less spot to pattern you know shit that you do in elementary school yeah maybe middle school so it'll be one two one two two one two one one two one two what's the fourth one. It's two one two one. I'm not even. I'm not going to wait for you to figure that out because. Oh, I, I was not paying attention to the sequence in the first place. It. Well, that's fine. I didn't. I didn't know if you were like if you were going to answer or something. Oh it's no, like, I was oh, not in. I was not. I was definitely not in the mode of let's listen to what he says to solve the puzzle he's about to say. I was. Okay. I was definitely I just, just waiting. Sometimes you do puzzle things to me, and I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> no, I was just waiting for the explanation to happen. <laughs> okay, so effectively, you're given this like dumb number sequence. And that's it. And, I mean, the answer is, like, super simple, two, one, two, one. And that's the only puzzle, save for sometimes where you have to, like, it'll be, like, 81, 77, 74, blank. At which point it's, like, 72, because you just keep subtracting down. Um, and that's, like, how it works. Mm. So they, they no, really are just sequence puzzles. They're They're just sequence puzzles, you know... I mean, honestly, I can kind of respect it because they want even kids to be able to play it, and 
that's fine. But they only have, I'd say, about 10, maybe 20 of them total in the entire game. Wait, oh, so they, they loop? They're not procedurally generated uh, They're not procedurally puzzles? generated. They loop. They only oh, put in a certain no. number of them. So, like, at one point, <laughs> I got a comment from somebody saying, how do you know how to do these so fast? Like, that's amazing. And I'm like, I, I mean, A, they're wicked easy, but B... You've literally Holy solved them before. Shit. Yeah, I've seen them so many times. It's like, how it's... do you know the ending of Lord of the Rings so fast? Like, you've seen it or something. <laughs> yeah. That's, add that to the long list of things I was talking about earlier, where they have things that are weirdly universal across the entire galaxy, which kills the illusion that this is a big galaxy that's varied and different. When apparently the entire place has been fully explored by a completely monolithic and monotonously identical things that all act, act the same way and look the same way and are absolutely everywhere. Making it feel like a weird like simulation universe made as like a children's theme park where we're pretending they're exploring but really like the same like the same attendants are everywhere and the same you must be this tall to ride this ride signs are everywhere and the same exact tickets are everywhere because it has the same currency and the same buildings and the same aliens and the same puzzles and <laughs> It just kills I, the I idea that this is a varied and like you're exploring still, it all. I, I still think that eventually when people get to the Atlas, have you has he ever gotten to the Atlas? Everyone? I mean, do you want me to spoil the ending? Because well, I know what the ending is. Well, I my prediction was that the Atlas just eats the people that have explored for it because it's like I am going to be an omnipotent thing that okay. knows everything. It, so, I mean, it just eats you when you enter New Game Plus. <laughs> well, that's what... Isn't and, that no, what an and no, Chad, I would, I would say don't spoil the, the ending of No Man's Sky in a stream being watched by a hundred different people. Okay. That's I doubt my, well, any large portion of people want a spoiler the of the beginning. ending of the game. This is true. My theory from the very beginning okay. is that the Atlas wants all knowledge and that's why it's sending people on I, wild... It's really hard not an, to, an egg hunt. to spoil it here because of reasons. I know, because you, you love to shout end. out the endings of things no, 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 at no. random Mr. Walking Dead people die. <laughs> okay, here. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to type it in chat. You I get so much flag we'll for your spoilers. What chat are you typing it into? I mean, I don't want the spoiler either. No, no. Just, just see what I said. Why? I don't trust you. You have a terrible threshold for spoilers. I, it's three words. Uh, Wait, so it was, it was Keith's <laughs> guess, not mine. I, I opened Teamspeak, but it was on my tab still, so it just said gaming talk shows. I'm like, that's a weird spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> three word spoiler. Wait, so what, uh, what was Keith's no, 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 guess? No. no, no, we're not talking about this. Wait, well, I mean, so my guess no, is no, no, wrong? no, shell. I don't want to. I don't want to actually get into spoilers. It just bothers me because of what Keith just said. Yay! Yeah. What What do you mean by what he just said? It's good to know we'll that four hours into a game, I already know everything forever about the game. I know. <laughs> that's so, what, that's why I had to tell you that because and I haven't things. done anything yet. So, I know. So does that mean I'm wrong? Nothing's happened, yes. and I'm already oh. like, yeah. Have I experienced the game forever. Yeah. What the so, fuck? What the fuck is this game? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a survival it's, game without all the mechanics that survival games normally have, and instead you just pick up a cool more idea. fuel for your ship over and over again and upgrade it's it slightly. It's a cool idea with a pretty veneer with uh, a really good start. It's not even that pretty though, unfortunately. I like, mean I I find it mm -mm. kinda pretty regardless. It's colorful, trees. which is nice. Why haven't there been like yeah, super forests? I, I've been playing Fallout like Oh yeah, you're playing Fallout, you're used to ugly games. 
<laughs> it's it's ugly yep. as sin. Like I'm I was I spent three hours researching Skyrim was pretty ugly too. Yeah, yeah. Bethesda games are not exactly pretty. Oblivion was like super colorful, and I don't know why they backed down from that. For me, um, the, the problem with No Man's Sky is that the entire universe looks like it was made in a 3D printer, where everything is like weirdly like plasticky and rough and muddy looking. Like 3D printed like collectible toys type stuff. And I thought I thought, oh, maybe those are weirdly low-res pictures, or maybe that's just the console version. No, PC too. It's like, everything looks weirdly blurry, and I've never seen any video or any screenshot of No Man's Sky that doesn't have this weird, like, lack of fidelity to it. And it's strange. It's like also, there's a 480p VHS filter put over the whole game. And also, speaking of No Man's Sky, how do you interpret the title? I don't even think it's the sky it. that no one owns. It's free of space. Free space. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like the theme song of Serenity. I mean, that's Firefly. what I was exactly thinking. You can't take the sky from exactly. Me. That's absolutely you what the song. That's the that's what No Man's Sky is named after. Me. Probably is that exact song. <laughs> huh? The, I mean, the, it's it's a reference shell. Yeah, I think that I think literally the na- I think the name of the game is actually named after that song. I think that's yeah. the point of it is that concept, like almost verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I think I still enjoyed the experience, and I hope the like success of it drives some other company to actually do it well. So here's the weird thing: is that games have been making concepts like this for years and years and years. Yeah. Like, uh, Planet Explorers came out on PC only a month or so after the original announcement of No Man's Sky. So, like... Yep. And that was, you know, to be go fair, around this Planet big old Ex- world with crazy th- animals everywhere and do whatever and build a base. Sadly, Planet Explorers is not early accessed well along the way. Yeah, but th- there's just a certain thing where, like, there's a lot of games that... They felt like games that were ahead of their time, but didn't nail whatever No Man's Sky was going to be. Well, and then other games yeah. that felt like they were just trying to cling on to the concept of No Man's Sky while it was taking forever to come out. But now that No Man's Sky is out, and there's so little to it, and it's not as polished, it doesn't feel like... It, like It felt like it was supposed to be like the polished version of all those games, at the very least. But it didn't really necessarily get that either. So suddenly, all those other ones look a whole lot more impressive, because... The one that they were that they were look uh, being stomped down on by comparison are all kind of like the perspectives changed now as a result of how No Man's Sky has been received. Like suddenly these yeah. games look like No Man's Sky that looked like they were just going to be the bad version of No Man's Sky might actually be better versions of No Man's Sky. Yeah, I'm not I've actually got Planet a, Explorers. <laughs> I, I've got a game called oh, shoot uh, Planet Nomads, I think, um, coming out at. I am getting a key for it next next week. I've done like a dumb sandbox build a video vehicle video. And uh, you were playing space building. engineers, right? That has planets now. Yeah. Uh, uh, to be fair, those planets are ugly as sin, and they're not. No Man's Sky makes planets look fun. Does it no- though? I, I don't mean, know. In compar- in comparison to space engineers, we landed on a planet and Stainless immediately said he wanted to kill himself. <laughs> and I will say when that, I look at the screenshots of space engineers, there's like a nice verticality to it. 
Yeah. And what's really appealing is I, I'm looking at a screenshot right now where there's a guy standing on a red ship on the Steam page for us space engineers. He's looking down at the planet. You can see the whole thing. And you can see a desert area and a snowy mountain area and like oh, an yeah. area with a lake. I'm like, oh, look, variety to encourage you to explore one planet <laughs> as opposed to leave immediately when you see the surroundings. Because you fly down to a planet on No Man's Sky and as far as the eye can see in every direction, which is so far that you can see the curvature of the Earth, literally... Uh, it's one texture forever in every direction, is, which totally is, discourages exploring. I'm getting really distracted by the, is it like French Kirby or yeah. like, what it's is a, it? It's a bad remix. That's the one drawback to OC oh. remix. Yeah. For, so, yeah so yeah, for it's, people that don't know, Shell and Wander tend to be listening to OC remix while they're podcasting and it, let's playing. It sounded like some it's, rocker chick singing the Kirby theme in French or something. It, it was bizarre. It was awful. I well, cannot hear like this from the 80s, and, no, and nobody can hear it. I, I've specifically <laughs> moved away. Listening to music when gaming is the hardest thing ever. Like being a YouTuber and having music to listen to that isn't like the soundtrack. Because well, there are yeah. games with I like, mean, I, I just always listen to the game. But then again, you're more game. likely to play I... endlessly repetitive games where you do one thing forever, like permadeath yeah, like... games and crafting games. What was I playing recently? Where I... oh right, Fallout. Uh, their Vault Tech DLC, like normal Fallout. When you're like out in the world, there's kind of this nice like ambient soundtrack. Uh, that's like it's pleasant to listen to, and it's just it's something there. The moment you go into Vault 88 from the new DLC, all that stops and never comes back. So they just, they just don't have music for there's it. There's no music in the in that vault. Hmm. And so everybody's like, turn on your radio. And I'm like, I do that, I get copy, copyright issues. So I listen to OC Remix because trying to record a silent game is very difficult. Mm. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're, like, there just trying to perform for hours. Like, oh. I, I love my, like, ne Never Leave series, but doing that in absolute silence like environmentally apart from like clonk every once in a while uh now i find that i mean i get a lot of video game soundtracks specifically like mist and such and i notice that the length of songs in those tend to be i mean obviously longer than uh those with lyrics uh probably f upwards of five to ten minutes depending on the track though 10 minutes is really pushing it um I know that like some zones and some areas might also have a different loop, so like it alternates which song is playing, but they merge into one another fluidly. So that will, yeah, that's, that's actually one thing I will give No Man's Sky credit for. I actually do like their like use of soundtrack I don't. and like music clips. It's because you don't like uh, sixty five days of static. So well, I don't like the static. That that's precisely yeah. What so I don't like 65 about their music. Days of Static is hear, actually my favorite band. You so. hear random blips and like. It, I don't know. I really enjoy like coming to a new 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 uh, planet and it's got. I don't know. It just takes like nice clips and stuff. But now the Metroid Prime series had awesome sci-fi music. It did have awesome music. Awesome sci-fi music that I could continue listening to, but that's because they actually had coherent. Like, yeah. Melodies. So you actually, so this Melodies. this game's actually scored by your favorite band. Yes, that's very specifically but, lucky. <laughs> yeah, 
But but I don't really hear melodies. What what does your band? What does this band? Sixty five days of static is a post rock band and definitely on the more experimental side. Post rock. So what is it? Just random noises? No, it's not random noises. But like, ah, crap! I lost the name of the band. (laughs) I I knew a few post rock bands. Damn it! Yeah. Um. Because like I like. I like some of it's odd. Some I mean, of the glitch music mob. I, it's, yeah, some I think of the music one of the I like. Famous uh, ones. It's, it's a little hard to explain. Like I had friends music, that were in post rock bands. New age. Yeah, I I had a friend in college that introduced me to post rock, and I learned to appreciate it fairly quickly. I don't know. I just like it because it's a unique sound, and there's almost never any singing. And so it's like very instrumental in a, stuff. What's up in with a, all the the static and the odd well, that's specific to the band. percussion and other things? Yes, yeah. any static yeah. stuff is specific to that band. It's not necessarily post rock thing, but post rock's mostly like these really long instrumental songs where kind of, it's kind of one thing repeating for a while, and then it slowly ch- changes and evolves over the course of the song. And a lot of the songs can be pretty long in some cases. Yep. So it would be something like you start off but, with bum. Think the Bum, theme song, the goes, thing song of, of House. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Huh? Or, yes house. It's it's like the uh, guitar and it's like the drum and guitar equivalent of like. But uh, does it add on? Trance. Is it like, do you start with one or two instruments and then they oh, yeah. add a third? Yeah, Massive Attack and a um, fourth. Massive Attack did the house uh, theme song and yeah, I love Massive Attack. Yeah, think of all those They're, all those more serious ish television shows that are out now where the theme song is just kind of some sounds happening and a lot of that oh, are, yeah. a, lot, like, a lot of those uh, are post rock bands most of like the CSI and like Bones and other things yep. yeah I could I could see that uh, another band I really like Freelance Whales was really popular for advertisements for like years Freelance and it Whales it bothered me because <laughs> I'd, I'd recognize it and I'm like no don't no because it would be like really familiar but you know very obviously, like, they're just doing it work for hire. And it was not pleasant to listen to after a while. Is it now bad I'm... that I enjoy 80s music? No. Why would it be? Do. Well, Fuck that whole decade. That... <laughs> like, why would it be bad? <laughs> I don't know. Every time, like, 80s music comes on and it's, you know, the electric guitars, the, uh, the cymbals and such, and then usually some lady or guy sort of singing forlornly i just i think it's it's different and they don't really do that anymore except for maybe the occasional like new rock except then they're usually a little bit more hardcore Mm. i don't know it's different i i just know that wander despises most everything old and i don't despise it but (laughs) i have no interest in it that's one way to make somebody instantly defensive. Yeah. Is, is exaggerate their mm-hmm. point of view. She, she likes them. to judge Let's me all for get my them. opinions. Like how Birdcatcher <laughs> hates babies and can't defend himself. The bird song sounds <laughs> oh, yeah, like it I... may have been made in Garage Band. <laughs> I mean, we we all know that Bird both hates babies and eats them for... Uh... Oh, yeah. He was even in a... That was, that was actually the name of his opera character was the baby eater. Yeah. Wait, opera character? Yeah. What yeah. character? Well, I mean, you know, when you're in an opera, the the, the ones you stand that, on like, a pan of tape, you you throw your cape, and you eat babies. Yeah, those are like the three steps. Except for for whatever reason, he was in a luchador costume. I'm not really sure why, but Whoa, I mean, wait, listen, it, it gave him range. 
This is his <laughs> opera character. Yes. <laughs> in, a, in an opera. Yes. Is, is it a character that he's portraying that he's made up as a persona for no, himself? No, like they wrote this for him and he owned it. Oh, so was it like some crazy improv thing where they're like, teehee, we're going to mix just... What? No, this was serious. This like, was... He was doing this professionally and it's what drove him out of opera. Was it some weird new opera that had just been, like, ill-conceived? I mean, have you seen opera lately? <laughs> I mean, the only opera, admittedly, that I had ever actually witnessed... Is Phantom <gasps> of the Opera, and that doesn't really count. Is there a dog? Do I hear like, a dog? Michelle, clearly, huh? we should, clearly we should go see some, some op- opera at some point. You can kind of understand no, 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 no. why bird left in the industry. Just make sure you seen... wear a splatter coat. <laughs> I have seen... <laughs> I have seen. Uh, oh, you mean for the spittle and the Shell, we've been pulling your leg for this entire time. You did not have a fucking luchador costume. No, Bird did not have a character where he ate babies. <laughs> I don't know where. Why? See, you're, no, you're... I do know why. Shell is like one of the most gullible people. <laughs> No, it's no, so funny. No, it is because I oh I take God. everything with with goodwill. <laughs> yeah. and, so, Michelle, the dog and, you heard was Keith trying to not laugh. Oh my God! So I, I just realized what I realized what Shell is. So Shell is the person who will watch one of those movies about a weird alien that comes to Earth and keeps taking everything literally and doesn't understand when when I, jokes I, I or metaphors are happening. The only but she watches those can... films and doesn't get that that character is acting weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 most definitely when I saw, um, oh, come on, the movie, I know it, I should know it, Starman, Starman with Jeff Bridges, yeah, no, I I do not act like him, and he most definitely was weird, he did, he did not, know- what? I'm sorry, just looking at all the chats, I have three streams of chat to look at, and they're, <laughs> they're, they're pleased. <laughs> it worked out. I trusted very you guys. Well. I trusted you. Well, let's just say. No, well, no, I, I'll say Wander's chat is pleased. My chat's mostly asking when we're going to be done because they, which they've been asking the whole stream so far. Which I don't know what, why they don't just leave if they don't want to watch this. <laughs> People are fickle. Com- uh... Comments are bizarre sometimes. Like I also had somebody saying, like, why do you keep playing? Uh, why do you keep playing No Man's Sky? And like, and it's like, why don't you stop watching? Just, just stop watching if you don't want to see me play No Man's Sky. It's so easy. <laughs> I'm actually really glad. I, well, okay. I, I remember how, like, at the beginning of the week, uh, you were kind of being skeptical at me for buying the PS, uh, PS4 version or whatever. It was kind of like, you know, why, why get both? Or you were just like, you don't, you don't want to. You, you personally didn't want to do that. I'm actually really glad I got it on the PS4, which is really strange for me. Because I'm never glad I got anything on the PS4. Wait. Not that I hate my PS4, but it's just like... So, you guys perf- just performed a grotesque deception, taking yeah. advantage of of my trust in you guys. Yeah. And I don't think any of the many, many witnesses it. to the event are going to think that we did anything grotesque just now. <laughs> but, I, I... Okay, so it's not literally grotesque, but it's just unfortunate. <laughs> Because I really did want to believe that someone actually had put Bird up to the task of being a baby-eating luchador. But that would have been... I want to see that. But that doesn't mean it's real. 
it was just that it was like we didn't deceive you specifically because it was so clearly set up as a joke because it was on the topic of like how bird can't defend himself hey. so of course he hates and eats babies that was that was the premise of what we said was like bird can't defend himself so let's talk about horrible things about bird and then me you're like this is real <laughs> so like it was kind of your fault too let's be fair here <laughs> But, I mean, nowadays, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried making some kind of spoof musical or opera like this. I mean, how the heck do you get things like Sweeney Todd, which I still haven't seen? That's not a spoof. I know it isn't a spoof. It's very gory and dark, whatever. But, like, who would have thought of a cannibal cleaving people up in his barber shop? I... You know what? That seems a lot more logical. You gotta make money. Bird and luchador <laughs> co costume. But for like meat patties, are people aware that the meat patties are actually humans? Or no, that's the there, whole point of like, the deception is, is that they they is needed meat, meat. Is there a meat shortage or like what's why? <laughs> Have you never seen Sweeney, Sweeney Todd? No. Oh, no, just I go haven't. watch the movie. It's pretty good, and then you'll mm. understand exactly what's going on. Also, it's definitely just a metaphor for, like, it's basically people just a metaphor for, like, different classes of society and stuff like that, and what people have to go through to survive. And also 500 um, other topics going on there, basically. I mean, I mean, I had seen uh, Les Miserables, so that was, that also seemed to follow that theme. That was upsetting. Very upsetting. Poor Anne Hathaway. Did we just jump to La, La Miserable? Mm-hmm. I lost. I lost it. I completely Wait. lost where Wait, we went. You haven't seen. You haven't seen Les Miserables? I no. Uh, I've never seen any version of it. I, no one. Whenever I talk to people about any like any of that, they kind of come away with saying like, "Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of tedious, and kind of, and a lot of it doesn't kind of go anywhere, and entire sections uh... of it seem to not be interesting." I mean, I really did like the performances that Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway and I forget all many of the other actors was was Ewan? No, it wasn't Ewan McGregor. No, was, you're thinking you're thinking of uh, Moulin Rouge for Ewan McGregor. No, no, but there was like there was a guy near the end, and he must he was like a oh no, it was Russell Crowe. It was really odd seeing Russell Crowe singing. He was uh, some guy that was after. Uh, Jean Lon, what is his name? What is his name? But in any case, yeah. So, I mean, Hugh Jackman's character had essentially been a—he was a, a criminal because he had stolen bread for his ailing sister, was it? And then um, he had been essentially put into indentured servitude. Gets out somehow becomes the like head honcho of some kind of company and Anne Hathaway's character is working at it but she gets forced out because a Shell. guy was harassing her but... fast sorry essentially Hugh Jackman makes it up in the world and then he feels bad for this girl that he had dismissed and it turns out that she had a daughter and then he has to, he wants the best for her and like takes her away from these really evil uh, hotel owners and stuff and then has to deal with the fact that his daughter is growing up and everything. And meanwhile, there's the French Revolution. And 
He just feels like he has to redeem himself. Are we trying to synopsis the play? Yes. No, no, this no, no, is... no, 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 no. I, I would have done a much better synopsis if Wander wasn't like, no, stop with the synopsises. Because well, apparently the other night a, I was only thing... telling synopsises. So you, you might notice that when I interject sometimes, what I usually do is I have like a thesis statement for where I'm about to go with all the following statements I say. And sorry, sorry, sorry. That's something that I, you're going to have to pick up at some point in the podcast because you definitely just start saying sentences. And don't, we don't know where you're going or what you're trying to go for, and then it just she'll, rambles for a while, uh, and so, then we're so then we're really very confused. I just said, well, she really likes talking it was sad. about the I know movie. That you, for some reason, you dislike Anne Hathaway, but she has what? one of the I don't saddest dislike songs Anne Hathaway. I'm just saying, no, no, her she's eyes... talking about me. Oh, okay. <laughs> or maybe sorry, we, 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 no, we no, talked about Anne Hathaway about before. Keith, <laughs> yeah. Keith oh. has <laughs> talked about Anne Hathaway before, and her eyes. No, we were talking about people's weird facial features, and that's that's like the one person who stands out to me. Of like, something about her looks like her eyes are drooping to an extent where they almost like don't connect with her like eyeballs, like the eyelids are sagging off in her weird uh, eye shape. Like I it's don't just. Know. It's like this one thing where I've kind of like it's like like it's it's like that thing where like I don't normally like isolate any feature like that but like you know how like people will like almost relentlessly talk about like Sarah Michelle Geller having a horse face to the point where it's like this weird running joke that's almost oddly Aww. universal in how it goes everywhere like I yeah. largely don't deal with that stuff but the it's one weird characteristic that la that latched to me was just the weird like for some reason, her, uh, uh, Anne Hathaway's eyes look strange to me. <laughs> it's just this one weird well, outlying thing. But I've liked her in movies. It's fine. Yeah, I really liked her performance in that one. And, I mean, the song that she sings is gorgeous. But it's just all very sad. And, yeah, that just shows just how one could be, you know, so poor that they're literally selling their molars uh, I suppose people would make dentures out of them, like real human teeth, if they could afford them. So, like, you know, people selling their rear molars just to make enough money to survive. Uh, and then, yeah, just what? I think Hugh Jackman's character ends up being very wealthy. I don't know if it was through some kind of weird inheritance or through the company or what, but... It was just completely a reversal of fortune, and then coupled Show. with the Show. French Revolution, that was even ah. Was there an ant ah. somewhere? Sorry, we've been in. We we, we, we spent <laughs> we spent five hours yesterday playing No Man's Sky, where Shell was utterly bored, and so because her, you were mining rocks. Her, her <laughs> to be fair, it's No Man's Sky. I was. I was even wondering if we should play No Man's Sky. This, but she spent I, the entire time moving from movie synopsis to movie synopsis. And now at this point, starts. my, my knee-jerk reaction is, like, Stop. I understand. Frustration. I'll, I will stop. I was just trying to give an example of... It, we were talking the topic of musicals Oh, yeah, no, no, I can, I can understand. I think, I think, I'm just trying to put the kibosh on more, more movie explanations for at I least a couple of days. Is it considered an opera versus just a, a regular musical? I, I think, think it is because they do speak, uh, speak sing their lines. If you know what I mean. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Everyone I don't know. Into the differences. If That's one of those birds... things that happens in uh, Sweeney Todd, actually, is that they just start not really doing a song, but they're saying it like it's a song. Right. And that's, I, I think that's what part of how is it, huh? So was that considered an opera, too? 
Uh, well, yeah, Sweeney Todd, Todd was literally an opera for state. Like it was a stage play. Oh, I don't know if it's an opera technically, but it was at least at the very least it was a stage play that that they that was then turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. Which is the only reason I know about yeah. it, to be honest, because I don't know plays. So, but there's for people that. wondering, by the way, uh, I haven't seen Bird uh, in Teamspeak for a while, but I think his computer is utterly un- non-functional. For oh yeah, for a while he was talking and chat about how he's afraid to join Teamspeak because he doesn't want to interrupt with surprise with like surprise bad audio. Yeah, and so he just gave up eventually, <laughs> and I guess that's moving on apparently. But the yeah. uh, well, I've, on the I've topic of no man's... at least comment on it anyway. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. No Bird's still gone because his computer still ate itself. It's a very slow process of imploding and folding upon itself, much like exploring No Man's <laughs> Sky. Speaking of No Man's <laughs> Sky, uh, I was actually thinking about potentially trying to just play it simultaneously on TeamSpeak at some point because of how it's just a thing where you keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and it I, might be yeah. helped by surprise online, even though some people immediately hate I mean, stuff that the other one of us is in. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, they can they can deal with it. Um, I that would definitely be a good way of it, like end gaming the the series, because yeah. But towards the end, unless there's something like really notable, and then we could actually do the multi perspective thing where it's just like two or uh, or not. Like I don't honestly care. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know about multi perspective necessarily. It's just that just I normally else to talk about. Like, yeah, yeah people often like my let's play stuff more partly because of the fact that i'm focused on what's going on at hand and talking about the game itself and not going off topic constantly like i used to go on sad games or what i do when i do multiplayer stuff which is why some Mm. specific people really hate the multiplayer stuff but that's fine because that's those are games that literally exist only in the context of multiplayer so that's how they're going to be played but uh, in the context of no man's sky i'm already just like let's just find topics to talk about chat what's up Let's talk about how Borderlands is derivative of multiple other properties and blah blah blah. Like oh, that's just, I wanted to mention like that's that. That's just actually. stuff that comes up because the game is so uncaptivating moment to moment. Yeah, and what's that? Uh, I wanted to mention Battleborn. Actually, fun. Been it can't with be. Us. It's impossible. Stainless. I don't I, believe I, you. People panned the shit out of it. Campaign mode very enjoyable. Very but it's arcade-y. a gearbox. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, Whoa, did, they, did they steal money so, for this one too? <laughs> has, has this just been the year of online multiplayer fighter things? Because there's I mean, the gigantic. Mobas have been popular for like five years now Overwatch, and oversaturated. Yeah. There's yeah. So well, what's this one? Uh, Battleborn. Battleborn. So Battleborn, gigantic. So Battleborn Overwatch. has a direct campaign mode. Huh. That's actually rather fun. But it's taking it a step further than uh, League of Legends because while League of Legends is over the top, you're navigating a map in like the third person, except not even Shall- over your Yeah? I don't we don't need a synopsis of every MOBA. Fine, fine. I'm I'm just like <laughs> why have why have so many come out now also because they're Because they're popular. I mean League yeah. of Legends got popular over like two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. I want to say hap- basically what happened is that a really mo- popular mod Dota for Warcraft three got really popular in like competitive wait, wait, wait. circles. Wouldn't got a lot of Dota was a mod. Yeah, yeah, Dota Warcraft was a mod, mod for Warcraft three for custom maps for Warcraft three. Yeah, so for that's years why some and of the... years. 
That's why Dota 2 is a thing. Blink, blink, yeah, blink. Yeah, that's, why, that's uh, why Dota 2 is called Dota 2, even though Dota 1 is not a thing you can buy in a store. <laughs> Wait, yes. so Dota 1, did they actually use characters from the Warcraft yeah. games? Yes. yes. Which are is why any... in League of Legends and Dota 2, a ton of the monster designs are super derivative of actual things from the World of Warcraft universe. Because they all started off as those characters and they would convert them into their new game and just change things just enough to not be in danger of copyright stuff, but also still yeah. maintain so, the spirit of that individual character that are mostly one-to-one -one, uh, translated. So, like, Ash in League of Legends and whatever the archer is in Dota, they're essentially, like, the Windrunner? Yeah. Ash was Sylvanas Windrunner's... Interesting. Uh, I don't know, copy? Uh, Pudge and... And patches like this was it patches? I don't remember. Like I haven't played League of Legends or anything I'm like that in a long time. With the Dota characters, unfortunately. But uh, effectively, yeah, uh, they're super derivative of, of each other and stuff. It's actually really cool, in a way. So how did that work? How did Dota rend itself away from World of Warcraft without Blizzard being like, Well, not hey, World of Warcraft. Warcraft 3. Warcraft, And yeah. there was actually Sorry, Warcraft. a kind of legal thing. So there was, there was a, a legal lot thing of legal while. news for a while. For yeah, both, um, both League of Legends and Dota 2 about how it was going to go. Because uh, Valve was getting sued by Blizzard because Heroes of the Storm was coming out and there was some kind of like copyright thing. And then I think but eventually they like just doing? backed off on it. Valve, Valve is made Dota, Dota 2. 2, or owns yeah. Dota 2 Valve? at least. I, yeah. I didn't realize so that. The okay. interesting this, point this is... This gets even more confusing because Dota 2 and League of Legends are both made by people who made Dota originally, but split into yeah. two different directions, like Starbound yeah, so... and whatever Terraria's star game is called. And sort of like how Wildstar oh, uh, also mean, is comprised uh, of a bunch of people Otherworlds? from World of Warcraft. Yeah. 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 So, um... So what happened was Ice Frog, I believe, it was like the original guy that made Dota, mm -hmm. and he split off, or he didn't split off, but like a bunch of people split off to focus on League of Legends. So was that the At, first MOBA? Uh, Dota was, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. There were MOBAs before. It was the first Dota one the, people cared about, basically. Yeah, because I mean, all the other ones were horribly broken. Like It's I a video game genre, other... so good luck identifying the first half the time. Especially one, the first infam the first one that did really well was of mod of all things. That makes it even harder to track the history of the genre. I can't really, imagine that though. Making a new genre, it doesn't of happen games, often anymore. Like, and honestly, yeah. honestly, oftentimes when it happens, it it comes from just familiar mechanics being used slightly differently. And yeah. I mean, arguably, Blizzard games are also the birth of of the popularity of tower defense games, which were also yeah. Warcraft and Starcraft mods. That you would play, yep. and not even real mods either. Those games, those games just had custom map editors where you could make scripts where specific things would happen in sequence. So like these aren't even real mods, and that you don't have to download a bunch of stuff from outside assets to make them work and everything, like you do for like Gary's mod or if you're modding Fallout or something. These are literally like you load up the game, and the assets that are already in the game are being rearranged and scripted to have certain things happen because they had relatively robust tools for doing that kind of level editing. And so, like, I would play StarCraft as a kid, and because I didn't want my base to blow up, I would be play as a Protoss, I'd put all these turrets everywhere. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's kind of fun to defend your base with turrets. There, People made a whole series of games about uh, defending tower against defense. walls yeah. of enemies with, with your turrets, and that's tower defense now. And, mm -hmm. like, MOBAs are just games where two teams have, like, 
it, everyone's playing as one character, the same way you play as any hero in any Warcraft game, and you mm -hmm. run at the enemy base and try to gain experience and level up and defeat enemies without getting killed yourself, and Which the, the, also... they fine-tune the, the specifics over time, but it's literally just an RTS map that's square-shaped. And it's actually which is also very much akin to like the traditional capture the flag in real life and stuff kind of i mean obviously you're not fighting it's, one another you just have yeah, to it's, it's the kind the of other. general structure of capture the flag especially the way that you kind of playing around like sort of evading each other and stuff like that because of the way that any that the way that any death in a moba can be a bad thing but at the same time uh it's more of an attrition fight because you just flat out destroy the enemy's base over time Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely. It's like that's it is literally just like ones... a two side symmetrical map competitive field game, <laughs> like you play as a kid. Yeah, and then you get the other ones where um, you can reclaim fallen points and like what was it? Point uptime is what determines who wins, or when one person claims oh, all. That's points. King of the Hill, or Control Point. Those were more commonly. Um, those were more commonly, uh, like, FPS things. Right, first-person shooter ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. See, if I play Paragon... No, I actually don't play MOBAs. Nod. Keith, you... myself, Bird. We don't play MOBAs much at all. Speaking and... of oh, genres... Yeah. I've uh... never encountered a, a MOBA yet where the entire uh, active population of players wasn't actively terrible to be around. And so they're not. it's not a fun interface uh, community to try to interface with, really. Yes. Well, I don't like. Also, yeah, the idea of being famous for that, like scrap mechanic, <laughs> gives me a lot of grief. But like, um, imagine trying to deal with the toxicity of. Also, everyone would be out to beat you. But yeah. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that be a thing? I mean, it would be. I don't think it would be like that big of a worry. But. Yeah. Which reminds me, I haven't really seen much for racing games coming out that aren't really bad ones with just plain vehicles well re racing oh, games just uh, don't get hype honestly like they're yeah. they're constantly being made especially since the existing people that make them can keep making them indefinitely because you kind of just change the number and add some new maps each year this so they're always really... happening but also no hype just... because no, they're just racing there's games a really good, there's a really good uh one that came out recently kind of uh sonic style uh riptide gp renegade or whatever which i guess is a sequel just like you said but uh looked really fun, actually. I'd like to play it at some point, but like fifteen bucks is a little hard for kind of a Canada Day game. So no. I'm Googling this thing. and it definitely looks like a wipeout or a yeah, Hydro Thunder. Exactly. But like, you know, both of those aren't really available for us to play online with each other, so it's like eh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm imagining right now, and I know it's ridiculous, but a weird racing vehicle based like mad max rpg i'm a massive mmo thing no no mmos i'm uh, sick not of MMO, mmos but like maybe you could do it with a group of people um where you literally just attain parts mod cars drive that everywhere drive with your pals and then and then you uh blow up enemies like that what? would be a fun game huh uh, what was that game? Dirt? No, Grid? Um, yeah, Grid. There was some RT. There was some racing game that was an incredibly massive world where you could you could like drive across the entire United Grid States two. in whatever direction you wanted. Grid Two is the one you're thinking about. Grid was not as big. Yeah, but is it post-apocalyptic yes. and you're trying to yes. like yes. kill the vehicles and stuff? Yes, really. Yes, it wasn't. 
I mean, it was okay, but... Fuel. Chat got it. It's Fuel. Oh, shit. You're right. Fuel? Yeah, there was a really? game called Fuel that was like a massive open world driving game. And that might be the yeah, closest but... thing to what you're saying. But they should also, have I just typed game. and other I just stuff. Came... I just typed fuel and game because whenever I type a generic term, I add oh, game, game to it. But I got Mountain Dew bullshit. <laughs> this yeah. is like the most ungoogleable game ever. <laughs> well, so, so are gamers just associated with Mountain Dew? Like Mountain Dew is the no 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 thing Mountain Dew ha has a brand called Game Fuel. Ah, uh, is it is it the really highly caffeinated stuff that really shouldn't Probably. be consumed because it's a power drink or whatever they call them? Shell. Yeah? It doesn't matter. Huh. It's gross and sugar sugary. <laughs> and nobody should be drinking it. Uh, but so I recall one of my favorite racing games uh that we had at home was uh Beetle Adventure Racing on the Nintendo 64. And what was great about it was it had a multiplayer mode for a different game. Like, you had a, a very large arena, and you could sort of pick up weapons like you do in Mario Kart. But instead of, uh, it, you know the how Mario Kart had the balloon system, right? With the, you have, like, three balloons, and if you get all of them blown up, That's then That's Diddy Kong Racing, I think? Well, well. Also, Mario Kart had it. Mario Did Kart Mario 64. Did Mario Kart have balloons? Yeah, yeah Mario Kart 100% had balloons. Yep, they had balloons. Huh. Uh, I think and... I only played races, probably. Mm -hmm. And uh, so in Beetle Adventure Racing, I mean, all the cars are beetles, like beetle bugs. But they had this mode where you had arenas, and obviously there were different themed arenas. Like one was just literally a parking garage, but it was so much fun. And uh, so you could pick up, you know rockets, uh, grenades. You could throw down oil slicks. Uh, oh, what were some of the other ones? You could become invincible. Uh, you could get shielding, where if you touch someone else, uh, they blow up kind of thing. But randomly scattered throughout the map, there would be beetle designs, and the beetles would be floating in the air, and they would alternate colors, and you needed to get one of each color of the rainbow, essentially, to win the game and you just have to drive through them to attain them however people would have to wait to make sure they're getting the right color or someone else would snag it before them or if you blow up an enemy uh you would you would gain a beetle of a color that you didn't have and they would lose a beetle and that was just so much fun so shell reminded me i did play a mad max mmo what was it? It's not fun. What was it? Um, what game was that? Oh, shit. Let me... I tried Googling I Racing Game Beetle, but I just got uh, Beetle Adventure Racing. Uh, it's <laughs> That's very different. Yeah, Beetle. Well, Beetle Adventure Racing, that's it. Uh, well, I mean, it's Beetle. just actual car beetles. Yeah. Oh, you were thinking, like, Bug Beetle. Well, right, they're beetle bugs. They're not no, bugs. No, 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 Shell. He was thinking of like. No, I was like, I tried shells. to look up the game you were talking about by by searching beetle and racing, and I got a an N sixty four game called Beetle Beetle Adventure Racing, where you play where every car's a beetle, like the the yeah. car the car or the I, beetle. Yes, I said that they're beetle bugs. That's what she's that's what she's talking about, Keith. Oh, that is it. You two are playing telephone with each other, and you're both I speaking don't. French. 
but, I, I'm but, trying but, so hard to understand what her explanations of things. I'm so, trying. Michelle speaks in nostalgia. It's okay. The, so the floating, <laughs> the floating beetles look like ladybugs, but they're the things that you're trying to get in the map. Shell. You yourself are a beetle bug. What? Shell. So you're saying that there's nostalgia. bugs and cars that are bugs? <laughs> you're killing no. the man. No. This, no, no, you, no. This kills How did the you goof. Like, you started explaining it, it in a way that somehow got more confusing. <laughs> no, no, no. You need to so, specify which is not a bug. Cars. They're cars. They're yes. just all cars. You're driving cars. They're beetle bug cars. <laughs> and when you do the multiplayer, like, brawl map, it's beetle bugs that you have to obtain. And by beetle bugs, like, I do not mean like beetle bug cars. Like, the actual bugs were collectible. Bug. You don't mean cars. You do mean bugs. She means both. But so the bugs float ah. in the air, but they look they look like ladybugs. How's your brain now, Keith? <laughs> anyway, on the topic of racing games, so I, I take it we all prefer uh kart car, racers. Like we all we all prefer like car, like arcade racers oh, over realistic 100%. racers. I I have no interest in realistic racers. Oh yeah. Unless I will I will state one one exception. Cars where you they slowly break and so by the end of it, like by the end of the race your car is like barely functional. I really want to play a realistic game with, like, realistic physics to the huh. point where, like, I have two wheels and my car barely moves. Like, it's not it's not so much a racing game as a survival game of who can not fuck up their car as much as I was going to say, I others. think the problem with cars real, being realistic is that they break pretty fast. <laughs> I know. And then it's just done. <laughs> it's like you go to monster truck rallies and, like, you'll see the monster truck will just... Even when it's the main event car, like it'll go halfway through a trick and just break, and it's like, oh, I guess we're, <laughs> I guess nothing else is happening with that car now because it's over already because <laughs> it one critical crash happened and it's already done. Okay, BMG kind of... Drive has realistic physics. It sucks. You yeah. bump a bit and then you're dead. Okay, maybe <laughs> I'll I'll recant a bit. I want one where your car is tough as nails, like keeps running no matter how broken and like uh you play robocraft with us to to a degree like you remember how like tenacious some of those cars were you have like a tire left and you're still like desperately trying to hang on and stuff yeah because the game because all the cars are made of blocks and tires yeah so I, i want something like that where like it like the engine doesn't need to be connected you just have to have like kind of the basics and your car somehow can still keep driving despite like all adversity. Hmm. Uh, speaking of customizable cars and such, has there been anything akin to a BattleBots video game where you create BattleBots to fight against your friends? But this is scrap mechanic. You're not yes. battling each other. We battled Th- each other. There's, there's no many times. You, but that only involves flipping each other over. There's no destruction. The first result I found is, well, first of all, there's a BattleBots game for Game Boy Advance and a BattleBots game for Game Boy, for, uh, for oh, GameCube. Wait. So those literally Actually, are BattleBots branded games. But also the I got Bot Arena 3 by Addicting Games is the first result well, I get actually, for a BattleBots game. Were you guys playing Robocraft? I think that's essentially what I'm thinking no, of. No, Robocraft is much more gun related. Like but little, little too gun related and tanks yeah. and a variety of different things. I mean, so yes, you are correct, but I would I would argue that no, that's not really. It, it's not BattleBots. Mm-hmm. I'd like it to be BattleBots, but it's it's. I mean, you're battling robots, yeah, but it. 
do you know what uh we had a a really old game for the pc oh i forget the title of it but it was a mecha fighter probably mech warrior i don't i don't (laughs) No, if it was Mech Warrior, so it must have been one from the nineties because it was ancient. Yeah, Mech Warrior is old as shit. They're and only finally rebooting. There were like, <laughs> there were like different anime pilots that you could choose, and uh, okay, no longer Me- Mech Warrior. Yeah, Might have been Robotech. I, I don't know. No, no, it wasn't Robotech. It it was like an F, like something or other. It was interesting. I remember that we had a lot of fun playing that because I, I I think there were customizations that you could make to your mech. Why why haven't they done a mech battle, uh, game? Because uh, I know that you guys are excited. Core. You guys are excited for um, like what was it? Mecha golf. Oh yeah, I am. Uh, (laughs) there's a golf game for the PS4, Keith, that you and I are probably gonna have to pick up, or at least I'm going to strongly encourage you to do so, uh, as I want to do. Um, but right uh, after we actually get any mileage out of the last several multiplayer games I bought that you told me to buy that we never played more than once. This is true. We need to <laughs> we need to do Open TD. What what other ones are there? Give me a list. Um, the the go- the other golf game you just had me buy that we played oh, once, uh, and the, you're like, yeah, G-Mon- buy it. We'll totally get the time out of this, and then we never did, never then talked Bird about it ever came again. Back. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Goddamn bird ruins everything. So, no, um, it was the original Speaking of bird, fix your on. computer, please. Please. I'm third wheel you. so hard right now. <laughs> you are and you aren't. Actually, <laughs> I, I've noticed this specifically. Uh, I often am, I, I find I'm the third wheel because Shell and I talk to each other all the time. So there's yeah. very little for us to talk about on a regular basis. Um. And so, like, often when I'm doing a collab series with, like, you and her, or her and Bird. She pushes you aside, like, now it's time for the shell cast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But also, like, she'll talk with you or Bird constantly because, you know, you have stuff to discuss that you haven't talked about a billion times before. They've made a ton of these. I had the PC virtual on. Okay. Oh, virtual on. What are you talking about? Um, The mecha game that I played on the PC. Oh, virtual on Ontario Tongram? Um... Mine was one from like the '90s, and it was uh, it was for the PC. But it looks like there's a lot of them for the PlayStation too. What's up with some of the mecha being bunnies, or is that just? I mean, Virtual On was a video game, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, like, I used yeah. to go like my parents would go gambling and shit, and they would just dump me, and my brother, in the arcade of the of the casino building, and we used to play Virtual On against each other for like hours straight. Right, right. So that's the game that we had for the PC. Yeah, it was Virtual On. A lot of fun. As the, really the weirdest name because it's called Cyber Troopers Virtual On on. Uh, this is Cyber Troopers Virtual On Oratorio Tangram. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I get that as a kid. I know what that means. Well, there've been a number of versions. Uh, such a weird mix of to... not English and English back to back over and over again. We we were watching an anime recently, and <laughs> one of the characters just randomly spoke English like half the time, but only him. And this is feudal oh, yeah. Japan, and I'm like, why? Who? Uh, why? We, we would suddenly we'd be reading the English, but obviously everything was in Japanese. Except then we would see 
you know, locked and loaded. <laughs> and and it's just, just this like... one guy who looks French. There was a whole <laughs> period as a kid where I thought that Americans who were overly obsessed with Japanese culture to an, a, like a simplifying and misrepresentative degree might be like embarrassing or offensive to Japanese people. And then I started playing Japanese games that take place in Japan and seeing how often they just randomly appropriate stuff from America constantly. I'm like, oh, okay, this is happening both ways. They're weirdly obsessed with us, too. <laughs> like, I'm playing, because... I'm playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and every fucking song is just like, what if this was in English for no reason? <laughs> they, they do don't have know... a lot of English fla- phrases and opening themes now. Oh, which yeah. Which is interesting. And the but, Tokyo Mirage uh... Sessions so- songs are so English, you can only identify... That, like there, there's huge chunks of English in the lyrics, and they weirdly will rhyme English and Japanese lyrics, but the English only rhymes because they're mispronouncing it, and you can only recognize any of the English words if you're actively staring at the subtitles because you can't, yes. they don't stand out because they pronounce them so bizarrely and differently and everything. That's oh. an experience. Interesting. Well, I mean, I would have never guessed that they were actually fond of america or english or anything because uh oh what was it i mean there are so many anime series in which the americans are depicted as the blood first thirsty uh military uh juggernaut kind of thing except then they make stupid decisions and end up messing things up well they're obviously gonna have mixed feelings about america for a number of reasons well well right right uh world war ii an obvious one but, I mean, you see that a lot in Evangelion. I noticed that they they do have a lot of German characters. I mean, I suppose they were allies back then. Like, like it's it seriously so. gotten so extensive that I actually can't tell you the last time I heard any Japanese music where I didn't randomly hear English in it. Period. Mm. Just all, like, mm. anytime on YouTube or in the background music of games or in the actual, like, foreground, like, this is a musical performance in a game to theme songs of anime, like... They'll, ran, they'll just randomly appropriate other languages in every song they seem to make nowadays. It's gotten strangely everywhere in a way that I never expected. Have they ever made a proper Vocaloid video game? Yes. The Vocaloid? Really? Vocaloid. Vocaloid. Yeah, there's so many of them. Are you I don't, no, I mean, I don't Wait. know what you're talking about. Oh, you, you, Hatsune Miku, the girl with the blue pigtails? Oh, yeah, I know what Hatsune Miku is. They made, there's right, several, right. Yeah, she has several games called that. Yeah. Oh, right, right. So she's a Vocaloid. A Vocaloid was a program, um, I think, designed in, or was oh, it designed in Japan or America? It's that whole trend and, in Japan where they made the movie Simone real. What? You saw the movie Simone, Simone right? I haven't, I haven't heard of that. It's a movie from like 15 years ago now about a hologram uh, uh, musician. And what ah. happens is people don't know she's a hologram and she gets taken away and the person who created her in the first place is actually accused of murder because they think that they killed her and took and hid the body somewhere but it was never a person she's in really the first a hologram. place man i want to see this now what is yeah, it yeah it's from 2002 it's just called simone except the i and the o are a one and a zero uh, is it uh, and now English, that's just real Japanese. now that, that's just real life it's a. Uh, Al Pacinko, Winona Ryder. Whoa, weird. Winona Ryder. Oh, Winona. She's, oh, that's well, really wait, specific because so... I just watched Stranger, uh, Stranger, Stranger Things, which is starring Winona Ryder. Well, wait. So, is are they are they voice acting these animated characters, or are they actually acting? 
the entire movie is all live action. It's live action. The, yeah, the only special effect is the hologram character, but that's still a real actor. That's just they're doing like a filter to make her look like a hologram slightly, but obviously uh... she has to look real and not like a hologram because the whole point is that people thought she was a real person. Right, right. No, that's that's an interesting one. But yeah, so people just loved messing around with these Vocaloid programs. And the reason why they have different characters for the different programs is because they would get another singer to, um, I don't know, it, you know how they have programs that, uh, for like Siri and stuff, they just have a woman voice acting for every single potential word that could be said. And for the sound, for the singing, I think they have to do several recordings in a similar fashion to try to make the most accurate voice that you can for the program so that you can write your own music and have a singer sing a song that you, you design. I suppose I should say it's really weird saying like compose versus design because it's, it's, it's used, it's using the program. Yeah. And at first they sounded really electronic like these voices sounded like they were pretty much people on auto-tune for a while and but they've gotten really sophisticated and they actually had a couple singers like if you're familiar with gokt who was really popular in japan they created a character well the program called gakupo and so they have yeah so many of them now i think they have at least what 14 15 programs or so wow i spelled it right (laughs) I just guessed huh? how to spell gokt. Gokt? Yeah. 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 And it sure uh, is a string yeah. of letters together. Sure. And I think he may <laughs> have been the first person that it was like who was actually a a live singer to lend his voice entirely to like the creation of it so that people could attempt to make songs with and his I'm sure voice. he had all the time that in the was... world to do it because he's a vampire. Oh, you mean because he just never seems to age? No, I mean, I looked up an image of him, and it's a black and white image of him sitting on a throne with flowing hair and flowing robes, and he just, he's oh, a vampire. Well, well he's... <laughs> That's he's, just yeah, a vampire. He's, he's super popular. Yeah. So uh, He's going to throw his wine ball at me and talk to me about the, <laughs> the essence of man. Oh, um, <laughs> Keith, you, you do movie movie stuff. Have you heard of the movie... Um. <laughs> Uh, the things we do in the dark or whatever, the, like, mockumentary about vampires. Well, I've heard of it, I haven't seen it. But what it's an amazing, so good. what an amazing intro. You do movie stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm gonna stick with it. I don't, I don't care. You're my one friend who sees movies. Keith, watcher <laughs> I mean, of you, movies. you literally are my one friend who sees movies. <laughs> so... Deal with it, Shumsley. I, I, I would try to see more movies if I could actually get you to watch them. and he just sits there Mm. and there's nothing quite like surrounding yourself with let's players to suddenly have all the things you do that are super normal people things to do and have you be the weird one which has exactly been my experience has been as i continually surround myself with people who don't watch movies or television shows or keep up with the news or anything ever Oh, well, I tried. I I definitely attempt to. And I mean, obviously, I have a plethora of knowledge from various sources. They might not be articulated in the most coherent fashion because I'm always so ecstatic about things. But, but, 
Uh, so, what was your point about the whole vampire documentary, or did you oh, just want just to bring it up? Oh, it's just funny as shit. I just, I, I want to mention that. We should watch that for next time. Okay. Yeah, I've, heard, as, I've heard that's like good. Yeah. I've heard, I've let, heard let, let's really watch good. that for next time. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. There's one other thing we need to watch. No, you, you guys should watch Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> you should watch. Simone. Uh, you're going to have to huh. wait a little bit. I don't want to sub to Netflix when I'm about to move uh, halfway across <laughs> the country, because that's going to be a whole wasted week of not watched. Um... But the other one to watch, seeing as you, you're you a big fan of uh, making fun of the Star Wars prequel trilogy, look up... Oh, let me let me see Plank if I can it. find the link to it. It's Star Well, I thought he was the one that talked about Plinkett. That's, oh. that's why that's not what he's talking about. Oh. I would lose my the, shit if Wanda recommended Red Letter Media to me. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been the opposite thing. No, no, okay. the Chinese um, machine translation. Episode 3, Backstroke of the West... Um, what? So it's I'm scared. A, it's a Star Wars Episode Three thing where they took a Chinese bootleg, uh, like a, a uh, the bootleg of of uh, Star Wars Episode Three, uh, a Chinese version, uh, a, a Chinese, you know. So they took a uh, they they double translated, didn't they? Where they they translated to Chinese, then translate so, that back to English. So it was Chinese movie, like they they dubbed over it in Chinese. Yeah. And then they machine translated that into English and had it be subtitles. Oh and no! And then these people read that. As yeah, the a, first um, thing I I found is a subtitle of Anakin sitting with Palpatine while the creepy Sith speech is happening about like maybe you could even take people back from the dead. And the subtitle yeah. says he become more and more strong and big. <laughs> yeah. Yes, precisely. Yeah. That's actually, um, uh, let's see, you know the Gri- Grievous, uh, in the beginning of episode three where, like, like, they're, they're on the, oh, no. you know, kill them, kill the Jedi or whatever it is. It's batter to death them, <laughs> batter to death them. Yeah, there's, it, like, they, shuffles away. There's, there's an image of, uh, Christopher Lee as, a uh, as what's his name, fighting against Anakin, and it says, you are a sacrifice article that I cut up rough now. Yes, and it has yes. crossed lightsabers. Yeah. Oh um, man. It's, oh man. So they they did the entire movie, and the voices are actually pretty spot on for just a bunch of people on the internet. Yeah. But honestly, I just say watch some of the highlights and then you know move on. But we should watch that for next time mainly because it will make your life happier. Oh, it would make me. Anakin's so happy. got his nightmare vampire face on, and he's saying, "Only guarantee my cuckoldry the safety." <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this has to be more entertaining than actual episode three. <laughs> a what? <laughs> oh my fucking god. Apparently I can't put links into my own... Okay, there we go. Oh no. Thought for a oh, second no. I couldn't put links into my chat. Alright. Well, got... Those are two things to watch for next General week. General Grievous and... is saying Superior, they have escaped a day after the fair. <laughs> I want to go to the yeah. fair. Did you just call him Grievous? <laughs> it's Grievous. It doesn't matter. Like a Grievous it's... wound. I haven't seen the movie in a long time, and that character's dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it gets, the, it, it gets exactly the amount of brain space as it deserves. Character design. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's the entire basis in which children enjoy the Star Wars prequels, is that they're like, oh, cool. 
everything looks cool all the time. Yay, flashy swords. Look at that crazy robot. Dinosaur. Look at that. He's riding on a giant <laughs> tiger and fighting with lightsabers. Then you see it when you're 25 and you're like, oh, no. That's what this film was the whole time? Yeah. Like, there's entire scenes of the Star Wars trilogy prequels where when you try to watch them again, entire scenes exist that you don't remember ever happened because they were so pointless to the film, you forget about it every time you see the film. Like, scenes I, like like Padme honestly, running around on that, like, conveyor belt with all the slammy bits that's gonna kill her. Or, like, I, the I, entire underwater segment of episode one that goes on for, like, hey, five to ten minutes and doesn't do hey, anything in the story. I remember it because I had to play through it in Lego Star Wars. And those <laughs> levels were a pain. Specifically the droid the droid factory oh my god it, i think you just hit on the, a nail on the head about what star wars prequels actually feel like because uh-huh. you know how we're talking about machine translated back and forth from like china to english and everything the star wars prequels feel like they made star wars movies then made video games based on those movies then movies made movies based on those video games mm-hmm, you know yeah. how video games will have like we're based on the movie but uh, two-thirds of most movies is just talking. So between this conversation and this conversation in the movie, random train battle or whatever happens. Like, that's how movie is mo- that mo- yeah, movie video games have always worked. And that's how the it, Star Wars prequels work, is just random stuff happens throughout the film that, that looks like it's a video game Fantasy, level. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Final Fantasy thirteen. I remember that the guys down the hall in college were playing it, and I'm like, cool. You know, I've never actually seen... Uh, a Final Fantasy game being played like this before, especially the new one. I'm going to go sit and watch it. Yeah. Like, their character would fight a couple of things, go down the hall, and then it'd be cutscene. Lengthy cutscene. <laughs> and then slightly more battles, and then cutscene. Like, I'm like, whoa, this is... These are more cutscenes than any game I've ever seen. Actually, if you condense all the cutscenes in Final Fantasy thirteen, doesn't it amount to, like, ten hours? It is hours upon hours of cutscenes. Yes. Yeah, and what's really weird I mean, is when the cutscenes feel like they were supposed to be back to back, and they don't seem to imply any fighting happened in between, which is a strange concept. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the worst cases that I've seen actually was actually in I Am Setsuna. I don't think you guys are there yet, but near the end of that game, there's parts where a character starts talking to you, mm-hmm. and then they give you an entire floor of a dungeon to play through. Well, but then yeah, every time you uh, completed, this every is time right you completed the airship, right? No, it's uh, it's right before the the actual end. You're you're talking for you that was the trials where they're each floor is a trial. That's different. Yeah. What happens is in like the last dungeon of the game, there's a character telling you a story, and they're physically there with you the whole time. But for some reason, they they randomly pause their story, and then you play an entire floor of the dungeon, and then they continue their story as if no time passed in between, and it happens for like four floors straight. And you're like, what is what is happening? Like I, when I was playing the game itself, I likened it to those scenes where somebody, where two people are talking to each other in a movie as they enter a building, and then you see them suddenly coming out of the door on the top of the fifteen-story building, and the conversation continually flows through continues. that. And, and and like, <laughs> would they stop talking for fifteen minutes as they went up the building? And that's what it feels like. You, it feels like you're playing the part in the middle where they re- awkwardly stop talking and do a bunch of stuff in between, but then that's pick up the conversation as if it never so paused. Yeah, people like talk in the elevators. Actually, like, aren't there several elevator scenes in the the original, like the old Star Wars trilogy? Well, not not the old one, the yes. prequels. Technically, yes. it's further back in the timeline, but they love elevator scenes. It's how you get yep. people to talk to each other alone. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's also a, a way. It's it's easy way to make a really inexpensive tiny set for them to stand in. 
that's full of windows that are can have green screens behind them so they can add the rest later which yeah, is a lot of anakin two and, and three Obi-Wan were doing that before they saw padme and then i think anakin maybe with palpatine at one point or no i i forget constantly it was multiple scenes. It wasn't just one. Episode three was literally just stuff happening. Anakin talking with Palpatine and Palpatine being like, things aren't going well for you. And Anakin's like, yeah. Is it just me? Or Anakin, even though... A sponge bath. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> Phantom Menace is known for being the worst of the prequels, but doesn't the Phantom Menace have like the most concrete like story? Yes, like it does. I, it has I like believe a, it, so. Like, I mean, it's a stupid film, but I mean, like when you're watching it, it's like, oh, this is the part where that happens. That happens. That like I can recite to you the story of Phantom Menace from front to back and how it structurally all fit together, even if there's a billion million plot holes and performance problems. It's really linear, and they don't focus on any side plots and, and side and on, stories. And on top of having relatively straightforward story that you can actually say to somebody, there's also the thing where like. A lot of the stuff around them, aside from the monsters, of course, and the aliens and everything, a lot of the stuff's like are real sets and real locations they're physically at. But mm-hmm. the next two films, not only they're so fake and hard to watch because it's li- literally people standing on a soundstage with a green screen behind them and they added they the entire had, film around them. But also, also like, what's the stories of those films? They had people splitting up, which was the issue. Like, Obi-Wan was doing his own thing. Anakin was doing his own thing. Uh, like I'm not, then, I'm not crazy, know, right? You, you wouldn't you have some difficulty trying to recite from front to back what happens in two and three? I wouldn't because I've seen them too many times. But <laughs> uh, hey, <laughs> I mean, I no, I'm saying that 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 would do it. I just can't help I, but think I that know. like one is weirdly like like has but a I story to follow. I, I do agree with you, though. The reason why it's so easy to follow is because you literally never leave the main uh, cast of characters. Yeah. You're you're always with them. There's never an instance where they're splitting up and doing their own thing. Uh, with Attack of the Clones, I mean, Anakin was stuck with Padme for a while on Naboo, and there was all that going on. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan was doing his investigation about the clone army on Kamino. And everything eventually intersected at Geonosis and such. But, uh, and then episode three, you know, big battle. Uh, I mean, everyone, all the Jedi essentially are s- split on different worlds, fighting different characters. I mean, Obi-Wan was essentially tasked with finding General Grievous and eliminating him in like some kind of assassination mission. Meanwhile, Anakin. Mm. Was uh, dealing with not only Padme but Palpatine. I'm and... gonna leave. Grab a drink. She's still gonna be explaining the movie. No, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that they split up for a while and then everything came back together again. But unfortunately, when that occurred, it was the, it was the end of the movie. I mean, really, because then it was the. What, what 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 do they call that final battle? I know that there's a special name for it. It's based off the song that plays while it's occurring. Lava Lava uh, Fighting Town. <laughs> right, precisely. The battle that lasts so, too long. <laughs> so that was all confusing because, and half the time the Jedi were just going on and on about you know something's amiss, and you know is the Sith really behind this? It's like yes, the Sith has been behind this for the last. Three years. I think the war lasted three years. Um, between you really feel the, the devastation 
All the characters right. in that movie sure feel like they're in a war and really having hard times. Sure but feels like all those World War II movies with the struggling people at home, huh? <laughs> the one thing the one thing I have to admit, and it's too bad that the Jedi were too blind to actually perceive this, but, I mean, the way that Palpatine comes into power is ridiculous and yet sort of, like, really well thought out. Though there are several instances in which his plot would have failed and he would have had to find some kind of countermeasure. The more, but the I, more mean, I, I see... The more I see the way that Shell, uh, that, that that Palpatine came into power, the more I get bothered by how it was a stupid plan, but also it weirdly reflects a lot of things that happened for real. Oh, I know. Basically, what he did is he in, he invented a phantom thing for people to be afraid well, of and to I mean, raise arms that's against. That's exactly what happened. And no, then Turkey. got an army and and was powerful. And that's well, what well, people so, have literally done before. But it's fucked up that the, it works. The first movie, he just paid off the Trade Federation to blockade Naboo so that uh, Chancellor Valorum would be seen as incompetent so that he could be elected into office. She's still giving the synopsis. I mean, it was broken up a bit, but it's still going. <laughs> well, now we're talking about Palpatine. I know. And now we're telling it in a was... nonlinear Tarantino sort of way. Ugh. So but it's like, artistic. You are correct, though, because that's literally what the what uh, What's-His-Face did in, in uh, Turkey. Like yeah. two weeks ago. Wait, what? So I I recall that like he, there was a coup. He staged a coup. Wait, how? I didn't know that the coup was staged. Did it, he pay? He most pay likely for... was staged because he wanted to tighten only his grip. people that I mean to be fair, only people that disagreed with him stayed like were as part of the coup. But it was a lot of like ill prepared, unequipped people that like you know should not have been cooing. Well, that was more like the Confederation being. It's even kind of been like the last 50 years of the United States of just like constantly having a new topic that is the thing for everyone to be afraid of so that we can arm ourselves against that thing. And then like before long, you have the world existence where we have like what, like, isn't there some absurd stat where we have like the big, uh, such a big military budget that it's all the other militaries in the world stacked on each other or some nonsense like that? Yeah. Our our military budget is stupidly large well, for it, pointless reasons. We, we are the most insane. terrified grenade in the world. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, a part of it is so many countries also um, don't fund their own militaries and they, some of them think, believe they don't need to because, I mean, they do have the backing of, like, UN, NATO and countries like the United States. But then the problem is we have this whole, like, intervention complex yeah. Now this is getting dangerous. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is getting it is. dangerous. I, I, I really just wanted bad. to bring the turkey thing in and not go with the yeah. rest of the politics. So um, <laughs> we actually talked I, about real life because of Star Wars. Maybe it is profound. <laughs> well, in any case, shit. In the Phantom Menace yeah. is the best movie ever made. We've underestimated it this whole time. I mean, Palpatine, <laughs> like killing Sifo-Dyas. And creating the clone army so that there would be an army. Imagine if the clone army didn't exist and he just decided to pit the Confederacy against the Republic. The Republic wouldn't have been able to fight, would they? You mean the Federation? Well, no, no, no. The Republic actually would have been able to fight. They had a lot of... I was going to say, I don't remember a Confederation being in there. That'd be a little concerned. The Confederacy of Independent Systems was uh, Count Dooku, General Grievous, and all the dissenting uh, planets. 
that wanted to split from the Republic. It's sort of like the Civil War. That sounds like one of those things that maybe wasn't even actually properly explained in the films. Do you know what's really funny? Their acronyms are even the same. The Confederacy of Interplanetary Systems. You only find it out if you actually watched the cartoon. And then the Confederacy of... So it's not canon then. (laughs) Wait, what's not canon? Uh... It is. It is canon. Yeah, the Confederacy. Oh, it's Clone Wars, huh? The film. Yeah, Clone Wars. Clone Wars is canon. Well, well, yeah. Well, the television show is canon, but no, they mention it in the movie. We got to cut this off. We're going to go into deep Star Wars canon. It's going to be a problem. (laughs) And Wanda said he wanted a short podcast. (laughs) I did. Uh... (laughs) And then we spent a long time on No Man's Sky, which all right, fine. And then hey, you, you made no effort to close this podcast either, but I am now because <laughs> I feel bad about how you're not speaking up for yourself. Apparently, <laughs> I'm I'm I've been playing Scrap Mechanic, and <laughs> it's kind of nice to have a break today. I've been recording since 10 a.m. straight. Hmm. All right, thanks for coming by the podcast, everybody. Uh, what was the movie you t- we talked about? Sing. Uh, well, things was... things we do in the dark or whatever. Right. Oh it's yeah, the... documentary, mockumentary. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll talk about that next next episode. And, and if uh, if Bird sees enough Stranger Simone. Things, we might see that too. Yeah. I don't know if Wander Elf will get around to watching an eight episode show, but I think Bird's already in progress, and I want to talk about that show because it's it's neat. <laughs> I I would like to, show. but I'm literally moving halfway across the country. All right, thanks for coming by, like always, guys, and we'll see you next time. Ask questions.